0: Want to show off your patriotism and love for firearms? You need to check out Goat Guns. Our authentic die-cast miniature gun replicas are a great way to celebrate your rights while adding a unique and high-quality item to your collection. They are fun to build and make a great display addition to your office, man cave, or anywhere you want to show off your collection. Start your collection today at GoatGuns.com.
1: JP, And this week, I have a very special guest, um, post-wrestling's stardom doyen, Karen Peterson. Karen, how are you?
2: I'm lovely. How are you doing today, JP?
1: Well, we, we've already had a technical <laughs> mishap, but as we were mentioning beforehand, all right today. Very, <laughs> It's been a bit grey and miserable here. I understand it's not exactly a whole lot better where you are in Florida, yeah. which shocks me.
3: No,
2: unfortunately, today we are in the middle of Florida winter, so the Sunshine State is not too sunny. It's a little oh. chilly, a little drizzly, a little overcast. But I mean, it was very hot yesterday. So if you wanted to do your tan yesterday, you missed out.
1: I've been wanting to have you on here for a really long time because I'm a very big fan, primarily <laughs> of your stardom reviews. That sounded a bit weird there. For me. No, I mean,
2: it's very flattering. Like I like it's it's still kind of weird when people say mm. that to me. But it's it it makes me feel like I'm actually accomplishing what I'm setting out to do.
1: Well, I mean, I suppose getting right into it, um, like when you do your reviews, we'll go back to sort of bits about your fandom. What is it you're like? Because they're so thorough for me. They kind of go in these little stages. And I wanted to ask you about the structure of the reviews. How did you come up with it? If you can just explain what the process is that you go through.
2: One of the things that Stardom has been trying to do more recently is uh, provide, they have their own English account now, so they're trying to fill in the gaps and provide English commentary and English information to fan, non-Japanese speaking fans around the world. The problem is is that even though they're providing that information, a lot of it is very limited, and some things such as press conferences or things that are said in between matches or on social media or like when things are announced, they're not always translated. So it's one of my things is a Japanese English bilingual fan is I try to bridge the information gap Mm. to provide a greater understanding of what's going on. So I approach it from, if I was a fan watching star that didn't speak Japanese, what would I want to know? Mm. How would what's going on in the ring and what they're doing backstage and all these other things, how do they all fit together and how do I make it make sense? Mm. So that's why my reviews with you, for those who follow my work on post, it, uh john pollock actually said it's kind of like a mini newsletter like i Mm. try to provide as much information from all the different resources that they provide whether it's in japanese or in english or via the like tokyo sports newspaper i try to pick and choose and piece it all together and make it informational but also digestible because i Mm. feel like while they do subtitle a lot of the uh matches and a lot of the promos that they put online often there are things that they omit or they don't they probably have a very limited resources because they're also a very small company. So Mm. it all depends on like the workload of the person who's in charge of doing that because people don't understand translators never rely on robot translation. Those who love Google translate, you can love Google translate, but, but understand you need a rock of salt on any translation that you get from Google translate. Mm. Translation is part science, part art. It's always open to interpretation while there is, grammatically one thing like like nuance same thing in English you can say mm-hmm. one thing and it can mean eight different things you can use one word and it can mean eight different words like you know American English Australian English British English we all speak English yeah but some words mean completely different things in other languages <laughs> so
1: I- and it is so informative because I always find like one of the things that you're also doing, you mentioned going into sort of Tokyo sports there as well, is there's a lot of kind of business. Because one of the things that we'll go we'll go into it in a bit is all the various people coming from different companies. So if you're not aware of, say, the latest show sort of prominence, uh, the, the name of the, the sort of new deathmatch faction coming in, like those are things that you're able to kind of like fill in those gaps and especially for me and and sort of my journey following stardom has primarily been over 2021 sort of at the back end of 2020 when I suppose really since the bushy road expansion, that's been the thing about like seeing like, okay, this is a company on the up and like, what is, what is going on behind it? And I think that's like, it's a really, especially in, in terms of like women's promotions, they are number one by quite some margin.
2: The interesting thing about Bushiroad's acquisition of Stardom is that while they've taken one of the prominent women's promotions and put it under their umbrella, they also have the financial backing and the marketing magic behind Road. It's not saying that Stardom is the most has the best roster because, as I'm also on my own personal like junior Joshi like learning journey right now, like with. Learning about Ice Ribbon and Marvelous and Prominence mm-hmm. and all of these, the the politics of Joshi wrestling and what why during the pandemic Assemble became a thing and how Send Sen, uh, Sendai Girls, w- which was created by Mako Satomura, falls into play. It's it's a very interesting learning excursion, as it were. But the the interesting thing about Stardom's success with Bushi Road is that when the last fall i think when they did the final quarter um media announcement Bushy road is trying to make some money but they're not necessarily in the black as it were Mm. however stardom since being acquired by Bushy road they've made two three fold like they're they are very much doing very 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 well because they market those girls so hard and between its merchandising photo books they have them doing pr campaigns they do uh promotional work with different companies in japan and different brands that you know women are interested in because you know they, they the, their idea is they're women wrestlers we're gonna work with women's brands so they're working with like hair care companies and skin care mm-hmm. companies and and they're getting all of those like inter-promotional uh opportunities and it's working wonders for them and then under the bushiro trading card games you know they have They have, like, the New Japan card game that they they released back last last fall. They're getting ready to launch in March. They're releasing a Stardom version with, like, this is, I mean, this is, it's the same company, but they're doing five trial packs, one for each faction, Mm. plus a booster pack a month later with a whole bunch of different cards. And it's not just, like, you're not just collecting the cards. You can actually play the game if you can read Japanese. Same thing with the New Japan version of them. You can collect the cards, but you can also play the game. And that version is called a rebirth for you. And one of two of the top players in Japan have actually won contests using the new Japan deck. So I'm curious to see how stardom's further marketing because they're marketing it not just as, you know, the usual like acrylic stands and signed portraits, but they're actually going into mm-hmm. merchandise merchandise and not just stuff that's really readily available at the venue
1: that's fascinating for that because that's obviously something that completely passes us by because we think of a certain level of marketability of like are we've seen new like koty Bushy appearing in adverts and they're not things obviously that that are kind of we're we're seeing firsthand so there's probably this this sort of perception of, of where they are but it's really interesting to see bushi road kind of going all in sort of working with sort of like they're working with sort of good women's brands that have that kind of reputation and 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 kind of doing that because you mentioned about the business i mean in terms of like i think stardom now is it is second on attendance if i'm right in thinking is it or it's very much neck, it neck, was neck,
2: it was third neck, 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 neck with
1: driving dragon gate isn't it
2: yeah the the recent i guess the recent ranking listed them as the top women's promotion but they were also necking out many of the men's mm-hmm. promotions too i believe they have got into third place yeah and, the, and like they're they but the thing about stardom is that's their consistency. Every month when they have their big event, their big events are big events. Like it's there's always something exciting going on. There's always at least like, I again, mean, you've seen my reports. there's at least two to four matches that I'm like, you need to watch this match. You need to watch this match again. Go watch it again. I'll wait, but watch it again. Like they're just their consistency is what's really getting them so much traction both inside Japan and outside Japan.
1: It is, isn't it? I mean, we hear about the stardom world numbers internationally growing because let's face it, it is by far and away like the best women's product that's out there of, of any of these uh out of any promotion out there at the moment. And they've become much more of a, of a kind of a, a bigger deal, particularly with like having the English language commentary, which I know for the last show, they didn't have that. So I've seen some of the subtitle stuff on the, on the stardom world, but I was relying on your report to kind of um, like fill in the gaps in that. Um I have to ask you, how did you, I mean, cause you lived in Japan. Yes. Um, is that where you f- first sort of uh, found stardom? Were you were you even were you a big wrestling fan when um, when you were younger as well? I suppose what is what is your wrestling fandom story?
2: Karen Karen's origin story within wrestling. All right, <laughs> yeah. so it, it kind of co- it kind of goes neck and neck with my Japan journey. So when hmm. I was fourteen, uh, Sailor Moon made its way here to the United States, and I was a very bookish nerdy girl and i was in love with sailor moon so i watched sailor moon and i told my parents at 14 i will live in japan by the time i'm 25 so i you know started watching a lot all different kinds of anime i went to uni i got a minor in japanese i did film studies i did a lot of japanese cultural studies in addition to my english literature degree and then you know Cause I can't. Cause I decided I wanted to. I just went off to Italy for six weeks and studied abroad in Italy. But that's neither here that's nor there. That's
1: also good. Where <laughs> did you go in Italy?
2: Uh, we we stayed in Rome for the most part, but then we went up to Cinque Terre and then over to uh, Florence, the Tower of Pisa. But yeah, so lush. Uh, my senior year of uni, my Japanese professor, who was my language professor for year one, plus uh, he was in the film like all like the analysis and all those courses he recommended the japan exchange and teaching program to me prior to graduation he's like you should apply to this go graduate like as soon as you graduate you can go over there you'll have a great time and i was like no i want to graduate and experience working in the united states working first and then if it's something i still i still need to get off my check off my list i'll do it graduated Got immediately started working an office job, and I was like three months into the office job, and I'm like, there has to be more to life than this. I was I I regretted my decision immediately, and I ended up applying the following year, which was I applied for the 2003 start cycle in winter of 2002. So I applied to the jet program, and then got my uh, interview offer in February 2003, and they said. Well, on your ranking, you've listed Kyoto, Tokyo, and Osaka. Japan's a big country. What if we can't place you in these places? And I said, I don't care where I go. Famous last words, as long as I get to go. (laughs) And they sent me to Tottori, which is one of the smallest, most rural, rustic prefectures with the lowest population density in the entire (laughs) country, which was just north of uh, Hiroshima and Osaka, like on on the southern part of the main island. But it was by far... The best five years of my 20s. I had the time of my life. And at that time, I was more into Japanese variety TV programming, comedies, uh, sightseeing and stuff like that. So mm. I kick myself now because I could have got in on the ground floor of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shibata and Goto and all of those guys that started in <laughs> the early aughts. So, yeah, I, I had seen a poster, but where I lived, it was so rural that they most promote wrestling promotions never came to where I lived. Like there was like a poster, but it was like, you know, you could tell it had been there quite some time. So I didn't, I didn't know, and it was also in university. I watched the Monday Night Wars unravel in real time as a college co-ed. So the Attitude Era and being a university student at that time kind of shaped who I was and my relationship with wrestling moving forward. So one of my th- senior projects, I actually, we had to do, uh, it was a women in popular culture class. Yes, I'm a feminist, sorry guys. But um, you know, we had to pick an iconic woman in modern times and write about them. People picked Marilyn Monroe, Jackie Kennedy Onassis. Like all these are people. I wrote my senior project on China. My project got read in front of the class by the professor. And I was like, you don't have to be normal. You don't have to be what everybody expects you to be. So went to Japan. Was there from 2003 to 2008 Uh, during that time, because where I lived, if I didn't speak Japanese, I could not go to McDonald's and order a cheeseburger using a picture menu. And the most humbling thing at 24 years old was having my high school students in line behind me, ordering my food for me, and then telling everybody at school the next day that they had to help me. And I was like, no. We're not, I'm not doing that ever again. So I started studying like every day after school, but while, cause where I was at, you had the one train an hour, you missed that one train, you had to wait for the next one. So I would just stay after school an hour or two every day, study the different teachers that in my grade would come over and help me. Mm. So came back, worked to the States in January, 2009, uh, worked at a Japanese boarding school up in New York state for a couple of years, was a Delta flight attendant for a couple of years. And now I'm in a job. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I was hired when i worked for delta i was hired as a japanese speaker so i got to do uh i was based in hawaii for a year and we did exclusively japan lines. So i went to fukuoka i went to nagoya i went to osaka even in 2009 to 2013 or 2014 i'm still kicking myself because i could have gotten into wrestling because at that time it was fukuoka it was nagoya it was osaka it was tokyo i saw posters oh, yeah. but i was too shy to ask anybody so i was like no it's fine so Came to my the job I'm at now in 2015. Uh, at that time, I had gone to NXT. And at my very first NXT show in 2014, uh, it was a house show. It was right before Kenta debuted as with Tommy. And him and Finn Balor won in the main event. They went around the ring, took pictures with all the fans after the show. He stopped and took a picture of me. Kenta changed my life. Kenta was the one who said, hmm... Maybe I should learn to get better connected with Japan. Maybe pro wrestling is an avenue for that. And that's how I got into it.
1: Oh, wow. So and this went, is all its all down to Kenta.
2: Kenta, Kenta was the one who got, me, got my foot in the Japanese wrestling pool. And mm. then when they brought over Shinsuke and Asuka, I started getting more curious about it. But I still hadn't watched New Japan at that point. I hadn't watched any Joshi wrestling at that point uh, 2017 came and at, at, like we talked off, off air around 2016, 2017, I was really into Brit rest, And that was pr- in preparation for them. Everybody coming to Orlando for WrestleMania 33. Mm-hmm. So I actually at a meet and greet at the university of central Florida here in town. They did a, an NXT co-branded men's basketball opener season opener night. So you got to meet the revival Shinsuke and Oscar who were all champions. And my friend's like, if you don't talk to Asuka, for the f- this is the first time I ever met her. If you don't talk to her in Japanese, we're leaving. So I, I get to my, I get up to my point in line and my friend just, he just shoves me to the back. And he's like, go. And I, like, I was so nervous. I just leaned over and said it very, very softly. And she's like, oh, you speak Japanese? And then Shinsuke leans over and he's like, oh my gosh. And the three of us are talking in Japanese. Everyone's just like, what is going on? Why why does this white girl know how to speak to these people? And then uh, I think it was Dash leaned over and he's like, Do you speak any English as well? And I'm like, I do. I'm just explaining to them. I used to teach over there. And then, yeah, Uh, my first Full sale experience was the Cruiserweight Classic in 2016. So I had one free tickets. uh, Wasn't sure about going, but then I was like, where did you win them from? Full Sail was doing a a retweet contest to give away tickets. And I was like, "Uh oh, I'm just retweeting. I've never been to Full Sail. Why not? Because trying to get tickets to full sale was impossible because they would sell out instantly yeah. every single time because it was once th- a once a month taping. So went to the cruiserweight classic. I got to see Zach Sabre Jr. I got to see Ibushi. I got to see all the wonderful, wonderful, talented people that are were on two hundred five live and now mostly have gone. And somebody free Mustafa Ali, mm. free that man. He deserves the world. <laughs> um, And then it just snowballed from there. I, I after. Getting some help with some people I had met at different shows, I finally started getting tickets and going. And then, uh, 2017 summer is when WCPW did their World uh, World Pro Wrestling World Cup. That's right. And the Japan bracket was what got me into New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kushida kicking Tanakas butt in that Pro Wrestling World Cup was what made me finally pull the trigger on watching New Japan and getting and to New that- Japan.
1: And that would have been in the UK.
2: It was, but I watched the live stream. They had posted it. They they, re- they recorded it and then put it on their YouTube page yeah. for free. Which, oh my gosh, they could have they could have made so much money because it had Kushida, Show, Yo, mm-hmm. Hiromu, Bushi, Tiger Mask. I believe Liger was in there. Yep. And and Toguchi, of course, because Toguchi is beloved by the world. But yeah, that was what finally did it, and I was like, all right, I'll watch New Japan, and I made the arduous mistake. Of starting with the G1. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus Christ.
2: As my, as my start <laughs> in the new Japan.
1: Well, dive in with both feet, then the that
2: problem is, is that for me working at a college of medicine, mm. my new student orientation was the first week of the G1. So oh, the Jesus. weeks leading up to it and the weeks after it, I was my sleep schedule was wrecked because I I you know I was determined to watch everything live. And I was like, you know what? 13 hours isn't that bad. <sighs> oh was i wrong we oh go ahead i'm sorry
1: i was gonna say we've done some coverage of like doing them and they are you get through the first two weeks and sometimes it's always helpful if you do like the pickums yeah just because it gives you like it's it's not betting you can't bet on it although that would make it interesting um it, it sort of makes you go along with it but always found by like week 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 three week four like feeling like, oh, yeah, I can sit through this again. It's just always like, I'm broken. I'm absolutely <laughs> broken. We'll get to a sacker. We'll get to the surprise bit that they do. But so you going in there straight into a G1, that's, that is pretty hardcore.
2: It was, it was probably one of the more ambitious things I ever chose to do in my <laughs> life. And it, at that time, I also finally started dipping my toe in the pool of watching Ring of Honor. So when ring of honor did their super card of honor in new Orleans, that was when they had the girls from stardom come over. Unfortunately, I was at NXT takeover that night because I can't have nice things and I can't be in two places at the same time. (laughs) So I went back and watched it afterwards. And I was like, where, where, who, how, where. And I just fell in love with them. I thought everyone was amazing. Um, and I finally got on the stardom train. Sorry for the long explanation with the G1 super card at Madison square garden, because again, stardom had a show that weekend. I was at a different venue doing something else. And I, I hate not being able to be in the same places at the same time, because again, I went back and watched that stardom show afterwards and it was fantastic. And I would have loved to have been there, but watching both the opening the dark match with uh kagetsu and sumie and you know all of Mm. that plus watching mayu and kelly klein just tear it down i was like all right it's time i have decided to get on the joshi train but i didn't really get watching it regularly until uh julia left ice ribbon and showed up and then her and hana started doing all of their stuff i'm like you know what i need to get in here and figure out what's going on because i see it on my timeline and i don't understand what's going on so went to tokyo uh ended december 2019 uh january 2020 for the first time in six years got to my go to my first tokyo dome got to go to my first stardom show got to meet uh i met hana julia Kagetsu, and uh jungle kyona mm. and after that and after that one show i was like you know what Here's my heart. You guys can have it. I love you. I think you guys are all amazing. You're doing amazing. I will be your big sister saying you're doing amazing, sweetie. Keep just just keep doing what you're doing. And um I may have gotten some notoriety whether it's good or bad during when Hana Kimura passed because at that time I was having a lot of people asking me to translate a lot of things and mm. it was a very emotionally draining time for me.
3: Mm.
2: But it was as a bilingual fan. I also felt this op- not obligation, but this sense of duty, because there was so much being said, and not and mm-hmm. relying on the Google Translate of what was being said was going to give a lot of people the wrong impression of a lot of people, especially yeah. those spe- those speaking in Japanese about the situation. Especially, you know, if they're a heel character, they're trying to stay in character, but they're also trying to genuinely express their condolences and their you know their their heart- heartbreak over the whole situation. So that's kind of how wh park and i started talking regularly because he started asking me questions about my stardom coverage and then what was it probably over the summer we were talking about g1 and the five-star grand prix and he's like just just ask see if see if they they want if they want it and john's like you want to do stardom please please go ahead i'm like all right and here i am (laughs) that's everything in a nutshell 20 minutes that- later i'm so sorry that you guys all had to hear all that but that is my <laughs> origin story that's how i am who i am and what i do how i do
1: you still come from the attitude era though which I is did- still like it's Le- still like Lita, break-
2: molly holly trish stratus i stacy Keebler. i remember watching the attitude era uh and the monday night wars unfold in real time i remember ha- having a very complicated relationship with body image and what women could mm. be and should be perceived as at the time based on how they were presented on TV. And that's mm. also why I kind of, for those who don't know, I watched WWF mm. up until I left for Japan in 2003. And then I didn't really watch it until about 2012-ish when I was working at the boarding school. But it was like, you know, if it was on, it was on while I was doing laundry or I was on call. I really wasn't paying attention. Same thing when I was flying. If it was on, it was on didn't really pay attention, but it wasn't until, but that was the Divas era. And a lot of people love the Divas era for me because of my past trauma with mm. putting matches and mud matches and they panties matches. It's that, that trying to understand and back the Divas era is difficult for me at times.
3: Mm. I
2: respect people who worked that. Don't get me wrong. I respect the people who worked through those, those arcs of WWE and WWF and were able to come back and make it, make the most of what they were handed but it's still very complicated from, from my, my personal experiences as a fan at, the, at those times
1: well i mean in some ways on a on a larger scale stardom is really the first women's company that feels like it has a genuine kind of international feel to it i mean all japan women obviously went outside to the kind of like the hardcores, and that's something still it's amazing to say in 2022 it's still like there's a novelty to it like yeah. in the us we don't have uh, the shimmer isn't running anymore i mean i just hope there's a company who picks up alice in danger because i think there's a hell of a lot that, i feel that...
2: like shimmer's running under the radar like they're they're starting mm. to come back but and that was the thing is that i'm going to be doing a different podcast probably in two weeks but i want to give i want to give you guys a little bit because you brought this up if you've watched the May Young Classics. Mm. You've experienced a significant portion of Joshi wrestling from Stardom, because it's not just Kyrie and it's not just Io. A lot of the gr- girls who are now signed to WWE and/or released from WWE rotated through Stardom on an excursion or two or long tour. B Priestley was their top champion and was pro- arguably one of the highest decorated champions I know. Tony Storm, another one beloved by the fans highly decorated from the company uh dakota kai was there as evie mm-hmm. uh i've ruby riot was there as heidi lovelace like santana garrett was another one there's so many of them that have cycled through so if you watched the may young classics and you loved the wrestling the may young classics a lot of those, the 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 strong style or in the the joshi style that we see now it isn't limited to just the japanese women's wrestlers in wwe hmm because it's- a lot of the women have gone prior to the Mayon Classic. Because when the Mayon Classic happened and WWE, NXT started snapping everybody up, they gutted Stardom's foreigner roster.
1: Yeah, they did. Because a lot of it was, um, there was plenty of, and I remember this from the Wrestlers documentary, seeing like Zia Brookside and Millie McKenzie working in that system as well. And one of the things we always found is that like Millie McKenzie would go have the excursion come back and kind of be even better. Like, I mean, and she doesn't... At the minute, we're not sure if she still is with NXT. There's some independent booking she's taking. I, she's someone I, who I, I would love to, see, oh. love to see back in that stardom. And I've said a few times, like, it's the greatest training school in the world. So, like, you kind of... I think for... I mean for women's wrestling getting back into that system is absolutely crucial for for I'd say for western women's wrestlers because just the the level of quality that they're training at is ridiculous.
2: If I remember correctly, uh, Millie McKenzie and Charlie Evans, was it? Mm-hmm. I be- I want to say they went they weren't in Stardom but they went to Sendai Girls which was Mako Satomura's promotion, which is yep. why she's so close with them. And Medusa Sendai Girls complex, was yes. it? Sendai girls, if y'all aren't watching Sendai girls, get on that train. Get on that train now, please, because the women—they their roster is like literally ten women, but they are some of the most amazing people to watch. Not saying women wrestlers, I'm saying wrestlers, like mm. gender neutral wrestlers. They are outstanding, and like they're tucked all the way up on the northern northern part of the main island near uh, near Hokkaido in Hmm. sendai in miyagi prefecture but it's just like like they have their dojo they do their training but they also go work the rice fields in their neighborhood and you know do promotion at all the local businesses
1: wow are are they they, doing sorry
2: no they they actually help harvest rice as part of their giving back to their community
1: that's pretty incredible are they doing it is, isn't it? I mean, like, you don't see that very often. I mean, I, I always thought with some companies, there was always, like, they'd have a bar or something yeah. along those lines, and there'd be, like, a connection that wrestlers would have to go and sell tickets. So, that in some ways, they had to have that kind of interaction. I mean, what do they draw, Sendai Girls? Do they do, like, I mean, are they running many shows? Uh, uh,
2: I, I believe they're running very small shows, but they're, they also – Sendai Girls is also one of those promotions, from what I've gathered, of what little knowledge I have of them and what little I've been able to watch of them. They send their wrestlers basically everywhere but stardom. They, they go to Marvelous. They go to DDT. They go to Glate. Like, they mm. go to all of these different promotions and making names for themselves. Like Chihiro Hashimoto goes to Glee and just destroys everybody in UWF rules because she's built mm. like a tank. And she. I want her to fight everybody, not just the women. I want her to like. I want her to like drop Shima like third period French. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm so <laughs> ready to see what she can do.
1: She'd be perfect in DDT then. In that case, I know she had a match with Takumi Aroha because yes. that was a match that. Oh, um... I
2: love me some Takumi Aroha.
1: Oh, so well, she's so great. She's absolutely. All... I mean, there was a match. Um, uh, one of the the big. Oh, Who's it? She had the match. It was. Um. Oh, it was a really great match. It was a couple of one of the big shows. I want to say it was stardom? a couple. Of Yes, for Stardom. Oh,
2: her, her match with Shuri at the Five Star Grand Prix absolutely outstanding. Yeah, can't get enough of it. Her her uh, World of Stardom Championship against or uh, a challenge against uh, Utami. Oh, 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 oh. the pageantry alone for their entrances was amazing. But th- that that's another two that can just put them wherever they want, and they will just tear tear down the house.
1: We'll get into the sort of depth of the because the roster now at this point is it's I don't know if it's ever been more stacked. And, you know, when we're talking Gaijin, I can only think of one really in Thekla who, who is there, who is a, obviously like a, a Japanese resident. But what is the relationship with other Joshi companies? Because clearly Stardom would be seen as like the biggest. It's got the, the solid financial backing and the same with the Tokyo Joshi Pro has. Yeah. Um, but it does like the relationship with Ice Ribbon seems, let's just say at best complex, but marvellous. It's very good.
2: Yeah, when it came to the all-star Cinderella back in uh, March of last year, when they had uh, Julia versus Tam, the hair versus hair match, they extended invitations to bring back many of their previous uh, residents and, you know, people who made their name in Stardom before going other places. Takumi Iroha is a perfect example because she's now the ace of Marvelous, and I feel like the people who chose to leave the company to go to other promotions, so long as they've kept uh, positive relations or they left on good terms, they're welcome mm-hmm. back. So Marvelous has come back and forth it's since more more notably recently since that, that particular uh, All-Star Cinderella because they had uh, Maria was there, uh, Rin Katakuro was Mayu Iwatani's tag partner for the Goddess Tag League. They, they they've built a partnership. When the pandemic hit, in 2020, and there was that that giant press conference at the Japanese government that, you know, mm-hmm. there was representatives from each of the major companies. Uh, Tanahashi was there, Marafuji was there. I believe... I want to say Yuka Sakazaki was the Tokyo Joshi Pro representative. Mayui Watani was the stardom one, but it was one of those things where the pandemic in Japan made all of these promotions realize if we're going to survive as an industry, we have to work together.
3: Mm.
2: Whether, and it could be whether we like it or not, there could still be bad blood under the water because we know business is business and business practices out in our countries aren't the same as they are in Japanese mm.
3: They
2: There could be longstanding grudges. That That's only natural. For stardom with Ice Ribbon, the way Julia left Ice Ribbon to come to stardom today is now playing into the whole storyline with prominence mm. doing their invasion. And that was two years ago. It's, it's, it's what, interesting because they're, they're starting to pull it. They're starting to pull in. They, they're making like fiction. Sorry. They're, they're making factual situations into the, the fiction of their
1: universe. And brilliantly done. Cause they're blaming her in essence for them leaving. That she yep. ruins the place. She, her
2: the way she chose to leave was the linchpin that caused the collapse of Ice Ribbon. That's basically the the narrative they're going with. And which it, is,
1: it's a hell of a good, it's a good story, and it works on several levels. And then you've also got the you've also got um is it uh Harai and Thekla who arrived from Ice Ribbon as uh, well. Oh,
2: Mirai M-I-R-A-I,
1: Mirai. Mirai, sorry,
2: Mirai. Mirai. And, yes, and, and it was up a good shuri
1: for yeah. the. For the t- for the title the uh, the other week,
2: yeah, and, and not, they I'm arrived not, as well. Yeah, I'm not familiar, that familiar with them as well, but it was interesting because when all of these, there was at least like seven or eight departures that were announced starting mm. in the fall quarter of last year, and it, it like when WWE when somebody gets released, we're like, where are they going next? Where are they going next? Where are they go next? Who's coming back? Who's coming back? Who's going here? Who's going there? And what I've noticed is that when Hazuki came back from her retirement, she mm. made a point to say. To Mayu, you know, the start who who spent her whole career in Stardom, she's like, you've let other people come in and take over. You've let Donna Del Mundo come in and take over because who's been who's been at the f- forefront of Stardom for the last two years? It hasn't been Mayu.
3: Mm.
2: It's been Julia. It's been Shuri. It's been U- well Utami is a Stardom original, but you know Donna Del Mundo be- g- g- now has seven people. Mm. But in all of Donna Del Mundo, none of them are Stardom originals. They they were all people that Julia handpicked from other promotions and brought them in so at the press conference they uh, they announced for i think it's march 11th they're starting and they have a new event coming up called new blood and it Mm -hmm. seems like it's going to be an open door to bring in more people whether it's a permanent adding them to the stardom roster or they're opening the doors like how they were with doing uh stardom was also contributing to assemble which was the Joshi Promotions all joining together to basically stay in business by putting on shows. Mm. So could the, a contingent from Seedling come in? Could a contingent from Marvelous come in? It, it seems like they're trying to work together to improve the scene. And I feel like they also, and this is just me, like me in my little conspiracy board craziness, I feel like they, they're banding together to ensure that an NXT Japan doesn't happen. Wow. I feel I feel like the, they're for that Forbidden Door. They're trying to nail it shut. They're trying to pave it over. They're trying to cement it. Put a steel block on top of it. Like they are, they're they're doing anything they can to survive, and keep what the Joshi scene is in Japan, and not have it smothered out by WWE, because there are promotions that have both men and women's wrestlers. Mm. Like like DDT is a prime example. Wrestlers that wrestle in Noah sometimes go to DDT. Sometimes women who wrestle in Tokyo Joshi Pro go to DDT. Sometimes people from jo- Tokyo Joshi Pro go to AEW, and it's That's one of those. Right. Things where, it's one of those things where, right now, even like people want to think the pandemic's over, it's still on. Businesses are still trying to survive and not shut down. If this mm. is what they need to do to make, for now, how long is it sustainable? We don't know but that could be the same thing said about the American wrestling scene as it is outside of WWE with, you know, new Japan working with impact and AEW and, you know, formerly ring of honor and people going, you know, working the indies as well as working at whatever company that they're, they're they get their bread and butter from. Mm. And we're all as a, as a fandom and as an industry, it's still survival mode right now. They're just trying to stay in business and keep the lights on.
1: It is, is, isn't it? but it's a much more, because I always thought part of the problem with new Japan, and it's easy like and in some ways it's kind of easy as a comparison point because they it's almost like they're even though they're owned by the same parent company they're running it in two very different ways where one with stardom there is ultimate cooperation even if we haven't even seen it with tokyo joshi pro which would be i but you wouldn't rule it out i don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility whereas for new japan to do anything with noah felt like it takes kind of like almost extreme circumstances and influx an influx of sort of fresh talent and things like that there still seems like there's there was a hesitancy to any of that or be or you know various other kind of cooperative deals which would have worked out quite nicely outside of Gleece. i think
2: i think i don't know the storied history and or rivalry and drama that is the triangle of all japan new japan and noah because, uh, you know, two of those companies have been around for 50 years and the third was a broke off from one of those two companies. Mm. So there were like there were times where th- they were close and there were times when they were apart. And if you look at the the Noah show, the Noah New Japan show on January 8th, mm. if, you, if you're a fan of New Japan, but you don't know New Japan. And Noah's history prior to, say, 2017 you don't realize how much they worked with each other for a very long time like
1: how how bad it got in the end
2: exactly and while they may have moved past it it's it's a again like any kind of healing process you can't just like flip a flick a light and or flip a switch and the light goes on and it's fine and we've all moved past Mm -hmm. it it's like trying to tell someone get over your emotional baggage you have no right to tell someone when they're going to be able to feel good by invalidating their feelings like that. So it's one of those things where is Was the the January 8th show one-off? I certainly hope not because there was a lot of matches that I could see emerging out of that. Mm. Was the show everything I hoped and dreamed it would be? No, but it was a good sampler plate. If, if, if I'm not familiar with Noah... That show gave me a whole bunch of people would be like, well, why? Because, you know, there was also the, con- the controversy. Why isn't this person on it? Why isn't this person on it? Why isn't mm. this person? Why was it this person over this person? And you had to do it. If you weren't familiar with the history of people prior to their New Japan career or familiar with Noah, if you didn't do your homework. The commentary did their best to fill in the gaps, but there's a lot of information that wasn't included in there. Like for we'll take uh, Zach Saber Jr. for example, he was the only foreigner on the entire card, mm. and everyone's like, "Why Zach? Why not Osprey? Why not Jay? Why not this?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, if y'all are familiar with Zach Saber Jr., he went through the Noah Dojo. If there was any foreigner that needed to be on that card, he's it. Because the only other ones were Mikey Nichols, who's in back in Australia with his lovely wife and their their pony and their little girl, uh, Jonah Rock, who was at the time." I think in the midst of his non-compete with WWE or just coming yep. off of it, couldn't get a new visa, probably couldn't go over there. And Shane Haste Thorne, who was also recently released by WWE, probably couldn't get a new visa, probably couldn't come over. And Hartley Jackson, who was in Japan somewhere. But like mm. by and large, most of the other foreigners on the current New Japan roster have no prior experience with Noah.
1: Well- do you know what it's funny i had a conversation with zach sabre jr after the rev pro did some television tapings i didn't expect he was in the pub afterwards and one of the things he had said is um he did the cruiserweight classic because at that point in time getting into new japan there was a stink on him coming from sorry coming from straight directly from noah there needed to be a buffer place for him to yeah. go to they kind of took that away which i found kind of amazing but you realize like the kind of level of sourness, the sourness as well from the fans. I mean, you've said yourself, Noah is something you're starting to. You, you're, you're I'm starting,
2: starting to work, get caught up with it. I'm still learning a lot about it. But, Who, you know, I have some old DVDs that I don't know where that I got, how I got in possession of them, but they're from Kenta's run to Noah as the uh, GHC champion uh, at that time tmdk was very much a thing so that's how before tm61 was making their thing in, in nxt oh. i was a tmdk fan love so, tmdk so their their ghc tag match where they just where mikey just got busted completely the top of his head got busted open and there was there was so much blood but the match was so good <laughs>
1: I don't know if you've seen any of his current stuff because he's wrestling out in Perth, where I think he's settled, and it's for EPW. Yeah, where, where,
2: their, where he and Shane got their start. Yeah.
1: That, yep, and they're they're back there, and like I'm I'm assuming he's also he's also doing training as well at the same Probably, time. Probably, yeah. But he's he's he did sort of a heel champion gimmick, and there was a great match I think he had in there with the Julian Ward, which is they EPW. I think it's called Explosive Pro Wrestling. Yes. They put their stuff up on, uh, like, generally for free on YouTube. So it's well worth seeing. I need that. to get if caught
2: you... up with the EPW. And when I was doing Burt oh. Australian wrestling was the other place I was, like, kind of keeping tabs on here and there. So
1: that is something I've, I've, I will have to send you. Over. I've done a show with uh, Kevin Chia um, talking about the, the Australian over. wrestling scene. I will Please definitely send, send that over. Send me some it...
2: match I love, I love a good match rec.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'll get on that. I'll get on that case straight away. There, That's your homework, sir. It is. It is my homework. That is something. It gives me something to do on a Saturday night. A boy <laughs> needs a, a. boy needs a hobby. Um, but it's it. It's interesting. Like you kind of mentioned about like kind of myiwatani, like kind of being there. But the story with her over the last two years. One of the things that I find fascinating for me coming in, is even in terms of the stables and in terms of like who we think of as the aces your 1a your 1b your 1c it doesn't seem to fit neatly into that pattern there are people you could put there but it obviously leaves out a lot of other people it appears to be like there's an element of fluidity that perhaps that there's a staleness is there a reason for that
3: i
2: well for for someone like mayu she's a legacy she she's you Mm. know from the very beginning that's she's she's the icon of stardom she's been there for like her 11th year now
1: i so think of her as tanahashi she, tanahashi she
2: she's the tanahashi and then you could probably much, well up until she lost it utami was pretty much your okada mm. like like those 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 were your 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 top two your, pro, your
1: prodigy talent who's just yeah ridiculous at a ridiculous young age yeah I mean, and she makes like, me feel deeply like kind of god i failed I she she, see she
2: it. Utami is young enough that she could be my child, and that, that makes me sad. <laughs>
1: don't, it's scary, it's the same here. I don't like to think I, I see oh. there are some, it was like seeing Hanan on this card and going, She's 18. That's ridiculous.
2: Hanan's 17. She's not 18 17. yet. Jesus yeah. Christ. So and then you know her younger sisters, Hina and Rena, they're 15. But they <laughs> they've been wrestling for several years at this point. Azumi's 19, but has like a seven year career or something longer. Like she's like Azumi started as a junior high schooler. You know what I was doing in junior high school? I was painting really awful pictures in art club and then taking the <laughs> school bus home. This, this, like, and, 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 oh, oh, They're just so talented. But yeah, um, it's interesting because when you think of your 1A and your 1B, your Tanahashi, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that equivalent, you, yes, you have your Mayu and then you have Utami. But in the last year, especially since uh, when Julia came in and mm-hmm. Hana came in, that kind of threw everything through the, the balance of who has the spotlight. Because for a while, especially 2019 going into 2020, the rivalry of Julia and Hannah was was de- kicking everything else to the, the curb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia's, uh, Tam chasing the white belt, the Wonderstorm Championship, as she was chasing Julia and chasing Julia and chasing Julia. And that hair versus hair match, whoo!
1: It made put, my top ten.
2: that put tam on my radar because yeah. i was just like oh yeah it's i mean i was kind of like eh, she's got the idol thing she's cutesy but she, she she's always going to be in my mind she was always going to be second fiddle to mayu until she mm. said you know what i'm bringing in mina shurikawa and i'm gonna go start my own faction and then uh, like also she started doing the same thing that Julie did. She started bringing in... She wasn't recruiting from inside stardom. She started seeing, looking at the indies and picking and choosing who she wanted to bring in. Mm. So it's the same thing with Cosmic Angels. Everyone from Cosmic Angels is not from stardom besides Tam, I believe. Yeah, because Mina Shirakawa was, in, was was queen of the indies. Um, Unagi came from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Mai and Waka both came from Actress Girls. And I believe, yeah, yeah, so it's like they're just like they're starting to bring in more talent, and I think that's also due to a shift on what Bushi Road is looking for for their talent. Mm. Um, because you know wrestling, we all know, can be a very, very visual. If we learn anything from WWE, it can be a very visual sport. Yes, and part of Bushi Road's allure and power comes from embracing that idol culture. Like, leaning into the beauty of everything, like, looking at, at pretty. Like, like bringing Tecla in, Tecla is stunning, but she is gritty as you know what. So, you know oh, what? Yeah. I love it. I love that they're, they're bringing some of that diversity back in. But it's also, a lot of the girls, cosmetically, are gorgeous, and they're talented. But they're also, like, you know, it, it, some of them can be very, very girly. But then there's also, you know, you have your girly girls, you got your tough girls. So, it's nice that they're having that They're expanding it, but I am curious to see because, you know, when Jungle Kiana was finally coming off the shelf for wrestling, there was a, back in October, they are like, oh my gosh, going back to Nagoya, maybe she's coming back. And then she's like, I'm announcing that I'm leaving stardom. And everyone's like, what? Why? Where is she going? And the same thing with Konami. You know, Konami's health has been playing heavily into Mm -hmm. her ability to wrestle. And everyone's just like, You know, we all hope she comes back because her matches with Shuri, Shuri versus Konami at All-Star Cinderella, that put, like, I always liked Konami, but I always felt like there was, like, a steeliness about her that I just couldn't understand until she had that promo at the press conference against Shuri where she basically said, one of the most emotional promos I had ever heard someone from Stardom ever say? And I was like, okay, I see you now, I, 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 I get it now. And it's one of those things where it's just like, I feel that while they're bringing in a whole lot of new people, that the people who have been at Stardom and kept the lights on in Stardom, largely the ones that were trained and raised in Stardom, that they fight more to have an equal seat at the table. Because I feel like a lot of them are getting pushed to the background, including Mayu.
1: That's interesting because one of the things I've been kind of big on was always saying how the training school was, it, it appeared to be is the best dojo in the world. Oh, it is just the <laughs> level of improvement. And it still is. And it's just because they're in rep, you've got all of these brilliant workers working in there with each other. But it's, it's interesting that in terms of like for the, um, you mentioned about the factions kind of picking and choosing because the Julia departure to ice really caused big waves and yes. any of these other kind of waves that have happened afterwards do seem kind of, like almost treated as like, okay, this is going to be part of the practice. Did it open up a kind of, I mean, it was it kind of one of the classic, you know, uh, Julia is trained here, is our student. It's, it's just, you don't do this. You don't leave the company that kind of, where, where you no, work. No,
2: I believe the argument was how she arrived in stardom while allegedly still being under contract at Ice ah. Ribbon. Like there was a, it was a, miss there was a a miscommunication gray area of was she under contract or not under contract at the time that she showed up and declared she was joining stardom or coming to Mm -hmm. stardom and it was handled very quickly behind the scenes and from what i gather ice ribbon issued a statement said we're we're releasing her out of her contract because they kind of wanted to be done with it and that's fine um but it's one of those things where after that i think stardom got a little more shrewd about how they brought people in. Like they were waiting Mm. for the opportune time. They were making sure that they were actually a free agent or they were getting ready to graduate. Like when um, Julia brought Micah in, Micah was trained by uh, Taka Michinoku and working at Michinoku Pro
3: Mm. or
2: just tap out. Sorry. And I believe that it was like Mike was ready to graduate from being a, a young girl. And they said, "Well, you know what? Maybe this is the better route for you." And then she went away. Same thing with Shuri. Shuri was ruling the like. I saw Shuri in a YMZ, uh, like at the basement of some music hall on New Year's Day, in like in in Yoneyama's promotion YMZ, which is a uh, this uh, She has her own promotion as you know her her actual name. <laughs> oh yeah but it's it was not like... just
1: waving a newspaper and smoking a cigarette. no, no. she has
2: she has she, the woman runs her own promotion but it's very much oh, like wow. it's like a super indie but i saw shuri wrestle before she had even stepped foot in a starter ring and it was so it was night and day for me but i also watched her whoop whoop a grown man in a one in a singles match and i was like who's she i like her i think she's amazing
1: she's gonna be something was it post you at post ufc as well
2: Yes, this was was, January first, two thousand and twenty. So it was she was working a lot of indies. I think she was doing Mackay at the time, Um, but she hadn't called any one particular place home yet. Julia hadn't brought her into the fold at Stardom
3: Mm.
2: because I believe that was in March or like closer to the spring of that year.
1: Because that's that for me seems to me that's their big story for twenty twenty two. You mentioned both of them is Julia and Shuri oh. and the relationship there. That's what it appears to be. There's little things in there where I'm even thinking about how, like when um, Thekla and um, and uh, Hi- um, Hiro- M- Mirai came M- Mirai- M- Mirai- K- came in. I don't know why I keep saying here. I'm going mad. Well, you
2: might be thinking of Master Watto, who is Kawato Hirai.
1: Ah, uh, that pro- well, I'd, I'd like to think that. Bit. Well, he's since he's bleached his, he's got rid of the blue rinse. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm willing to. He, give has, this an, guy he has a nice
2: navy a blue rinse now, so it's not, it's not, it's like a, 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 a off black. It's not so <laughs> bright.
1: <laughs> exactly, I'm quite glad about that. But it, it I, I think that's the direction they seem to be going in. Like, and it's like you mentioned, they're not two stardom originals, but they're very much kind of like the focus. Julia is someone who. You mention it, and it's you can't get away with it. Was wrestling if you are talking about someone who ticks a lot of boxes of the kind of cosmetic kind of beauty, but also being able to work and being a compelling promo. Um, and I'd, rec- you know, I've I really enjoyed like the kind of exchange um, that she had with Prominence um, in particular. I thought I thought that was really good, but also like kind of the post match stuff with Tam. You mentioned um, when when they had the hair um, hair versus hair match. She is someone who I don't know. Do you? Is there a point where she'll get poached? Because I could, you know, you you'd have to think that there is a kind of appeal. I don't know how good her English is. I know that seems like quite a reductive question because I know she's born in the UK.
2: She was born in the UK from I be, but I believe she was raised in Japan. So I don't know how mm, long, much yeah. time she spent in. Like, she says she's born in London, but we don't know how much she, time she actually spent there. Um, the other fits thing in is, with the
1: gimmick as well, doesn't it, of Donna Del Mundo? Ultimately, yeah.
2: And it's it's you know she's half Italian, half Japanese. Uh, one of the only halves in the in the, and I say I say half because halfu is what the the, the the slang term they use. A person who is of mixed heritage within Japan. Um, Shuri would be another one who's half Filipino. Hana was another one who's half Indonesian. Um, I think it's more of a question of if she'd want to go. And it also comes back to, unfortunately, how take WWE, for example, how women who were brought over from Japan have been treated or have been booked or have been used and or misused. Full disclosure, I believe at almost four years, Io Shirai should not still be in NXT.
3: No,
2: she should have been called up after she lost the belt the first time.
3: Mm.
2: and what it but i understand they did what they did with Kyrie when everyone was getting spirited away to the main roster they kept their most popular baby face to hold the glue together until they could find another one um i feel like now that they have saray over there and they're trying they're trying they're helping saray get her footing mm. that maybe now is EO's time but the track record of house st- talent has done in nxt versus how they've done in maine mm. has been a little spotty at best unless you're oscar because they yeah. took oscar up and she you know she she's held every championship minus the 24 7 championship and she doesn't need that one um <laughs> still i'm still salty about her getting her first loss to charlotte at wrestlemania in new orleans because i was there and it should have went the other way but we're not yeah, gonna talk I about that, that. But the other thing is that WWE now has this impetus where they don't want to hire women who are over a certain age, or wrestlers that have uh, an independent foundation. So even if Julia, for example, is under thirty,
3: mm-hmm.
2: they're not going to want to bring her in because they'll bring her in, and just like EO and Kyrie, and you know many of the other women who worked in the Indies prior. They'll come in and run circles around all of the d- women they're training at the PC that have no prior wrestling experience. You can be a great athlete, and that's great. And I'm glad that some people, for example, Charlotte and uh, Ivy Nile from A Diamond Mine, mm. outstanding, starting from zero, is difficult. Even if you have an athletic background, it just because you play volleyball doesn't mean you can automatically be a pro wrestler. Just because yeah. you've done amateur wrestling doesn't mean you're going to be a pro wrestler. It's it's all on how it's taught. The difficult thing for me is that a lot of the women that were released in the last year, especially from NXT, were the ones who were the ones that were working the takeovers. They were the ones that were doing the road tours and prior to the pandemic. And they were the ones that were helping those who were learning from scratch, helping them make them look good.
3: Yeah.
1: I think of Mercedes Martinez in particular Mercedes
2: Martinez, Mia Yim, Rachel yeah. Ellering, Santana Garrett. Like there's so many women that were are beyond talented. But I mean, I understand WWE wanted to lock down as many of them as they could, but there were so many of them that could have that either should have been on main by now mm. or should have been let go prior to the pandemic so they could, you know, have a, you know, a source of income
1: well you mentioned it eh? if you look at the royal rumble for example just just recently half of that i mean the whole thing was a nostalgia fest i would say it was it was certainly a lot better than the men's rumble but Uh, yes all it really did heighten is is how few women they have on that roster and and that is obviously like kind of a big issue because i was going to ask you one of those people kairi hojo like there's a there's like a sand ticking she has a she has a gym that she owns in japan yes is there i mean it would appear stardom would be like kind of a natural place to come back to is there like a particular i mean would you have any prediction on that you'd like to think so it makes sense
2: if she chooses to go back to wrestling Mm. now that she's you know part of the reason she went back to japan and was fortunate enough to be an ambassador at wwe was because she wanted to be it at home in Japan with her husband and her dogs, because with the pandemic, he couldn't come here. She couldn't go there. It was, it was exhausting. I'm fairly certain for both of them Mm -hmm. um, being away from each other like that, especially after they had just gotten married. Uh, I think if she were to choose to return to wrestling, because, you know, if she could have been in the rumble, but she wasn't.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And it's one of those things where if she wants to be, if that's, if wrestling is still something she wants to do, would I love to see her in stardom? Yes. Do I think they'll pay her what she was making in WWE or pay her what her, she's worth? I can't say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario. I would like to see her not under contract anywhere and just freelance her way around the world, wrestle in all the places she wanted to go to but never got to because she was either in stardom or in WWE. Mm. Let her go work the UK Indies. Let her go down to Australia. Let her, you know, go all over Asia. I don't care. But I want Kyrie to go and do, if she's it's staying in wrestling, I want her to go and do what she wants, where she wants, and get paid what she deserves.
1: And also at the same time, manage her maybe just manage her own schedule without having to do that as a contracted talent for for a particular company. You know, the idea that if she's if she's if she's running a business at the same time. you know it's not something she's going to be, want to be that far away there's only so many shows she's going to be wanting to do i mean if yeah. you're talking about like kind of extensive travel and the rest of it
2: and um, is right on the beach and it is gorgeous like I, i'm like i looked up i looked up the gym and i looked up the area and i'm like man i want to i want to go there can i can i go like have a weekend is it a nice there? part of
1: town it's oh yeah
2: like- it's, it's like on the water it's like kind of has like a beachy vibe to it like i want to go
1: so it's like kind of like a proper fancy like kind of high-end gym
2: yeah oh yeah it's her her beach or her beach sorry her her gym is by the beach doing definitely
1: all right with wwe i don't think rossi agawa is going to be authorizing that kind of yeah
2: and and that's the things that i think it's one of those things where and the 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 gym market in japan tends to be more towards the you have your gold's gym and your anytime Fitnesses over there as well but the like like private in uh gymnasiums or you know personal training and all that that's where the money is yeah and a lot of wrestlers when they stop wrestling they open up a gym whether it's a wrestling training gym or personal training gym so it's i i don't think it's going to be if if the gym is doing as well as i think it is because based on what i've seen on their social media even if she isn't going to be making her whatever she was paid in wwe she's not going to be hurting for money. So if she chooses to wrestle, she's probably going to be doing it because she loves wrestling and she loves her fans. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's most important. But at the same time, we as fans need to know where the barricade is and when to mind our business. We, we, we can't be too intrusive. Like if, if you, if you know she has a gym, like, well, she made no secret that she has a gym, but you know, make sure you're going there to work out and not in the hopes that you get to see Kyrie Sane and ask her to sign something. Just putting that out there. Don't be weird. Don't make it weird.
1: Well, the, do you know what? It's funny you mention that because it's something that I kind of wanted to go on to because, I mean, there's... And this is going back to the Wrestlers documentary, um, the uh, Damien Abram documentary series, which I absolutely loved. thought it was a phenomenal series. And one of the ones that really stuck with me was was the episode on stardom in particular. and then several different strands on that. Um, obviously, I thought the Mai Iwatani story, that kind of really sort of like gave me an emotional investment in how she did. Chris Wolf, someone who um, used to tour a lot over here as well. And actually, I think ultimately for what the position she came into wrestling in and when she ended, I think had like kind of a great run of somebody who came into it, wasn't a big fan at first. I think she was doing photography. I could be wrong in saying, but I like kind know. of j- or traveling around, found herself doing it you know, had herself a good run. And and then when injuries started to happen, kind of got out and just went, yeah. do you know what? This is, I've done well. I've succeeded in as much as I wanted to. But I thought that documentary series stuck with me. And it's partly, you know, we were talking about it earlier with like the kind of the audience. One of the things that always stuck with me was that kind of culture around the barricade. And a lot of it does play into the kind of idle culture of fans and the majority of male fans there. Do you think that's changed? I mean, you mentioned like about the kind of, like the advertising towards it i mean has that side of it changed do you think much i mean it's difficult to kind of
2: yeah nail it down the demographic in japan that tends to be at a stardom show for those who have never been i'm not gonna lie it tends to be men who are in their mid-30s to middle 50s that's the why they're trying to not change the image, but make it more accessible and more marketable to Mm. other age demographics. Because when I went, I was one of the few women in the audience and I was like, why aren't there more girls here? This is amazing stuff. Um, Mm. But it's one of those things where like they're doing more things like collaborating with different brands. They also have started doing what they did at the Tokyo dome for a couple of years now is they've started at big, bigger shows. They have women's sections. So if you're, a high school girl going to a show by herself, or a woman who might be a little shy around men. There's a safe space where you can sit with other women. In Japan, Mm. it's it's the same thing with the trains. Unfortunately, in Japan, there's a thing called the train perverts, and some people have no boundaries and will accost women on public transport. So they actually have certain train carousels that are designed for women only. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not as a cut and dry in that when it comes to gender especially you know with the diverse spectrum of gender that we have um Mm. but from a safety standpoint for a more traditional country it it's slowly a baby step to make it more welcoming to those who are curious but also concerned because you know if you if you look at the stardom audiences they are oh my gosh especially in japan they are undyingly dedicated to their favorites like they will mm. buy everything and anything when they were when it when pandemic pre-pandemic when streamers were a thing showers of streamers they, they they made their own fan banners and signs and they would just shower their their support upon the girls but it's also tricky when some of these girls are underage because mm. they're under 20 20 is the legal age in japan so uh not going to go into age of consent versus legal age, but Mm. 20 is, is the line everyone should think of because you can drink, you can vote, you can drive, you can smoke cigarettes, not anything else because those are all forbidden in Japan. But Mm. it's one of those things where it's, they're trying to change the culture to make it more welcoming to a more diverse audience. But Japan is also a very traditional country. So it's, it's not going to be an instantaneous change, yeah. and as much as the fandom outside of Japan is very diverse, we can't force our ideals and our uh, societal guidelines and mm. our culture upon that 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 company's corporate culture and expect it to change. We can, you know, we can send in our comment cards and be like, "Well, have you thought about doing this? How how about doing this?" And hopefully, they take it under advisement. But one of the hardest things for me to see is like, you know, watching a poor social media operator get ratioed because there's an, a gap in cultural understanding. Not that I'm saying that what, what, what happens is fine because it's not because unfortunately the Western Joshi fandom, there are some suspicious and questionable practices as well. Like I don't, and I'm going to put this out here and Mm. I don't, I w- went through a local ra- or actually it was a national radio station here in the States that were counting down until the Olsen twins were legal. And as someone who was a late teen at the time, I thought that was the creepiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. If you have a countdown to when Azumi turns 20 years old or Starlight Kid turns 20 years old or, God forbid, Hanan or any of the other girls that are u- under a certain age, don't do that. If you mm. see it, especially especially if it's on a public forum or at a show, if you see that kind of conversation, please, 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 please stop it. Step in. Tell them what you're doing is creepy and what you're doing is wrong. And, you know, you might want to reconsider what you're thinking or saying at that point.
1: It's been, it's one of the things, I say this as a, you know, sort of white male in his early 40s as well, <laughs> getting into stardom it is one of the things like there's a certain thing about the aesthetic, which I know is not for me, but I'm fine with that because I'm fine with things that aren't aimed at me as the target audience. That's yeah. that. that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There is, it's more, I have to say it is on that kind of fandom side is the side of it where I kind of worry because for me, wrestling is wrestling. And yeah, I was raised on early nineties or late eighties, early nineties sort of WCW type stuff. So yeah that for me is always like the kind of frame of reference. I think, you know, there are certain factions that I think like cosmic angels is kind of has very much that kind of idol culture and the kind yeah. of girl band culture at the center of it. Yeah, It's fine. It's it's entertaining for that, for, for the audience that likes it, but it's not for me, but I also, it's, it's things around idol culture that I, I'm not particularly like, yeah. that have always left me, feeling somewhat unsettled because i kind of go can we not just watch this for the wrestling like this is this is brilliant in the same way that like you kind of want to see it the way that women's soccer has gone in the uk where you've got primarily audiences made up of of you know women and young girls where like these are becoming like kind of heroes in some ways that's the audience that you want to see because that's going to give the kind of best reaction and also i imagine make the wrestlers feel the the best they can i mean have they stopped I, I realized some of the merch table interaction stuff under Bushy Road is not really a thing anymore. I'm not sure if
2: right now I believe they only do um big, big scale fan events that are ticketed mm. and very hard to get into. And it's uh, you know, there's a table in between, but the table culture's always been there. But now it has a plexiglass, uh, you know, for safety protocols and the fans are required to wear masks. Uh you can't take pictures with them. Uh it depends on the country uh the country, the company, because I, I think Tokyo Joshi Pro and know like the cyber fight group they do one where there's like a, a partition in between that has like whether it's a vinyl partition or a plexiglass partition so you can take a picture mm-hmm. like standing next to them but not like next to next to them
3: mm-hmm.
2: um the, the the idol culture in Japan is you know for, for those who are also into k-pop it can be harmless but harmful at the same time because you know, it, it, it's just like with wrestling as a whole, social media makes people think they're closer to people that they're not really close to.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's the whole, like, you can reply to somebody in a comment and say, oh, my God, you're so, you're so sexy. But would you, would you say, if you were to meet that person face-to-face, would you actually be like, I want to hit that? No, you wouldn't mm-hmm. say that. Or if you were to walk up to somebody at a show and, like, there's other ways to compliment people without making it uncomfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. I always think back to those meet and greet photos that, um, and these are more like WWE ones where people will put their arms around
1: the Becky Lynch photo, which is
2: one, the Alexa one. It's it's, you have to know one, ask for permission, not for, for forgiveness, but also know that it's not, they're not, it's not a, wrestling is not a petting zoo. Mm. it's like the same thing when 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 you know there was that a few years ago when uh nia Jax was carrying i think it was nia Jax carrying alexa out and a little boy smacked alexa on the bottom and everyone was like oh that kid's living my dream that's amazing i'm like no that's not that's not the reaction you should be having
3: Mm.
2: wrestlers are not animals in a petting zoo you should not be petting them you should not be touching them in especially inappropriately and if your kid does have that conversation with your child and tell them why they did what they did was not acceptable and because that, that's the problem is that, you know, social media, because we talked about this off air about, you know, how someone like Jay White keeps his private life very, very, very private. But, you know, we'll interact with fans and, you know, has meet and greets. But it's his life is very heavily compartmentalized between who he is on screen and who he is off screen. Mm-hmm. And I can also put this back to when Hannah passed away and people were demanding to know details of how she did it. And why she did it. I'm like, as a fan, we're not owed any of that information. Mm. That's between the police and the grieving family. That's it. It's the same thing when a wrestler gets injured or a wrestler has COVID. If they choose to disclose it, that is their choice. But at, at no point in time are we authorized or should have the expectation that we deserve that information because we don't. Just because you buy someone's shirt doesn't mean we buy a ticket, a, fr- a front row seat to their life. That's yeah. when we talk about you know, which side of the barricade are we on. The barricade, yeah. you know, even if you have friends in the industry, you still have to realize that there is certain things you can ask and certain things you can't ask. And certain expe- expectations that, as a fan, while person A can have a certain experience with someone, person B will probably not have that same experience. Mm. And demanding that same experience is unf- is it un fair and unrealistic expectation it's unfair to the talent and it's and, it, and it's unfair to someone who had an amazing experience because you're making them feel bad that they had an amazing experience
1: yeah yeah no no i'm I'm completely in agreement i mean it's something that, that was a, a big issue over here over here in britain uh, uh as well and and it is that kind of that the idea of I suppose you mentioned about like Hannah kimura is like, well, why do you need to know this? There isn't any really there's no good reason that they that that need exactly. to know these details about these people people's lives. you'd like them as performers, absolutely fine, and like kind of expressing your fandom. And then there's a point where you know, um, it gets taken too far. I know that uh if it, those people who are interested in this, Henry Jenkins has done a lot of work on fandom, and I was doing this stuff as as a teacher on video games and talking about how people kind of, like, you know, it goes from cosplay to all manner of ways of kind of co-opting identity. And I think it's, it, you know, it, it's something with wrestling that um, it's never quite gotten to, to grips with. Um, I wanted to ask you... Um, just a, a a couple of like other things ar- around the aesthetics, really, and I suppose this gets into the kind of bit of faction talk because, yeah, right in thinking we've got kind of four main factions, or is it five, five, five,
3: Five,
1: five, including Prominence.
2: No, there's no. stars. Yep, Donna Del Mundo, Oedo mm-hmm. Tai, Cosmic Angels,
1: Queen's Quest,
2: and Queen's Quest. Right. God bless Queen's Quest. They need people. They need bodies. <laughs>
1: they will I... <laughs> yeah what's the situation with them because they've lost they, they, they lost lose.
2: momo who was momo. their leader um <laughs> uh, yeah momo had a had a heel turn earlier or late late last year and decided she's going to join a way to tie a tie is turning into the bullet club of, of uh stardom
3: because
2: mm. they just keep collecting more bodies um <laughs> And the in- I mean, going back to the conversation about aesthetics and, co- and and everything is that when Starlight Kid got assimilated into Oedo Tai, because Mayu lost her on a bet, twenty twenty one was not Mayu's year either. <laughs> but with Starlight Kid, her heel turn gave her this the 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 the. Energy she needed to step outside of Mayu's shadow, and that was that's and that's the problem with someone like Mayu, who is your Tanahashi, who is your you know your pillar of the company. Anyone who stands next to that pillar is always going to be in the shadow at some point. Mm. And I think that's why Tam eventually got to break off and get her own factions. They wanted to have you know with the loss of Hanakamura and the dissolution of TCS, they needed another faction. So it was trying to like put people to balance everything out, and then also mm. with. Oedotai, um, they had lost Kagetsu because Kagetsu retired Hazuki hadn't come back yet uh, Sumire Natsu was out with a neck injury but she was a freelancer so she wasn't a constant part of the roster all the time and then mm-hmm. Natsu kotara took over uh, Oedotai when uh, Kagetsu left but then she blew out her knee so she's been on the shelf since last year and was that Star- in the match
1: with Tam Nakano?
2: Tommy, I believe she the was Tommy. challenging, she was challenging yes. for the red belt and she blew her knee out. Um, and they, while uh, Natsuko hasn't been given a uh, a return time, although Saki Kashima has been there longer and, and has kind of been the de facto leader, Starlight Kid has been pushed to the front from a marketing standpoint as the only girl mm-hmm. in the company that that reg- is an actual masked wrestler to the point where. She, you know, now, you know, she was in the Tokyo Dome for the, she was the first person from Oedotai to be in the Tokyo Dome. And she was the, the one that was there, aside from Momo, the shortest amount of time. Mm. So it's one of those things where, will there be a power struggle when Natsuka comes back? Will Starlight Kid be able to stay in Oedotai? And it's the same thing with, uh, we were talking about before we went on off on a tangent, Julia and Shuri. Mm. Julian Shuri remind me of when uh, Takagi was the world champion and Naito was, uh, you know, Naito's the leader. Thankfully, yeah. LIJ was fine. They survived it. No, there was no faction blow up. But Takagi wasn't bringing in people into a faction where he's not the leader. Yeah,
0: that's So
2: true. I, I'm curious to know like, if, if this whole prominence invasion might lead to a, frac- uh, a f- fractioning of Donna Del Mundo. Because they were, they had tag team. They have my hime, Micah, and Himeka. They were goddesses of stardom champions as as a tag team. But you brought in another pair of girls right under them, after them. Like it, it's 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 questionable if Julia is now thinking about what's best for Donna Del Mundo, or if Julia is now thinking about what's best for Julia.
1: Do you know what? This is the thing I like about the factions. that. And this is where I, I like the fact that they're different from New Japan, where yeah. we've seen with the factions there, I don't know if you agree with it; they, they feel very stale. There's, there's a lot of kind of things that that like the interactions, we've been there and we, we've done that. And also I, as well- I want
2: New Japan to do a draft. Oh I God, want
1: them, i love them to.
2: Like, like how stardom, you before the, port of the pandemic happened, stardom would have an annual draft. All the faction leaders would have a fight and then they would pick and make their teams. I want a New Japan draft. I know that is a very wildly unpopular opinion, but it would make things like could you imagine if well, Suzuki compared to house
1: of torture? Well, I think we'd all have that at the moment.
2: Imagine if Suzuki was like, no, I want Kotoobushi," Ibushi. Or yeah. if Bullet Club was like, No, we're taking Tanahashi. I mean, you could it could you could see people, it would feel fresh. Mm. I mean, I appreciate the history and the way they're very rooted and very like stalwart in their, their factions, but at the same time. I, I'm three years in a row. Roughly Okada's had someone leave chaos to join bullet club or start their own faction. I need, and for show to leave that I'm still going you through it.
1: Else on that, don't <laughs> I'm
2: still, I'm still going through it, but it, it's one of those things where it's like Shinsuke did not leave chaos in Okada's hands for it to turn into what it's turned into right now.
1: Well, and, and, and that's the thing with it, isn't it? I mean, and it kind of ends up, unfortunately it ends up making kind of like your lead baby face kind of look very silly in that way and I think you know I think there's a lot of the what I would think of of stardom now and that kind of almost dare I say it and I've kind of alluded to it several times like where I look at like the kind of rise of New Japan and you look at the various people who are in there who fit into the mix and you go there's a lot of parallels here but just between like the booking working I think part of the booking that I like is that even though we have people in factions it's not like their history with other people is stuff that kind of gets forgotten, but also it's kind of people react to it in a more realistic way. So there isn't like this overt kind of unnecessary. I mean, really apart from Wado tie, everything else is kind of existing in a, in a sense of like, it's just like you're joining a new MMA gym or something yeah. like that. And you've got a new training team. So you or go like along there, or football
2: up. or whatever you get traded to another team. It happens. Yeah. You go for is. more money. It happens.
1: And it doesn't mean you have to hate all of the people who aren't nope. in that team anymore, which is always the thing that's bothered me with wrestling. It's like, you don't all, all of a sudden you hate everyone just for no good reason. It's like, uh, you know, it, it, in a kind of ridiculous way. Now, get why do tie though, for the most part, kind of fit into it, but it's, but that dynamic and the fact that it's always moving. Do you think that, that that's part of the thing where and I suppose it's overall part of the booking philosophy. It's booking with a degree of realism. And it's yes. like, and one of the great things I like on your reports is that when you're going through a lot of the post-match stuff and you're describing the relationships that these people have, like Julia and Tam Nakanos by the end where they're both in tears and you completely get why that even though they've been rivals and everything else, Tam Nakano doesn't really still want to go through with this. Yeah.
2: Oh, it, oh, be, you're talking about the hair
1: versus hair match. The hair versus hair match. And it's, and it's phenomenal like like that and i also think as well like between utami and shuri as well like all of the dynamics themselves are just a lot more interesting than perhaps yeah. what we're seeing in really, frankly a lot of sort of puro the
2: thing the thing that i've noticed especially with stardom is that they do do long-term storytelling but they also make it it's very rare that somebody will win a championship on a first go. So for mm. example, Tam, she, it, I believe it was, it took her three tries to beat Julia. Mm. And same thing with Shuri. They had that amazing match that went to a draw. And then they went to another 15 minutes before they almost like both passed out. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I under, like, I appreciate the chase. Don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. when the chase goes too long that it becomes a problem. Like, sh- like, had Shuri not won at Queendom in December after the the year of chasing she did, after she couldn't beat Mayu for it, after she couldn't beat Utami for it, after her mom died, after her winning the five-star Grand Prix, like, like that long, like, there was no better end cap to that chapter of Shuri's time in stardom than winning at Queendom in the main event to close the yeah. year out. There was there, and there couldn't have. I mean, yes, they had other people challenge for the red belt after she won the five star, but any of those opponents, none of them would have given that chapter closure the way it was with Shuri. With uh, sorry, with Utami, there was nobody else. Would I have loved to see her go against uh Iroha again? Absolutely, but it wasn't going to be the main event I wanted to see at Queendom.
1: And it, that's, I suppose, actually, you mentioned about like kind of about sort of the red belt and white belt, because this is always something I know confuses people. What is the title situation? I can't believe we've had it, you've taken this long to get into asking you that simple question. But um, what is the situation with the title belts in terms of the the ranking uh, and the hierarchy? I've heard
2: two schools of thought on it. Mm-hmm. Some one school is that red belt is top belt. So that's your world championship. It's the world of stardom championship. So it's mm-hmm. it's your WWE world championship. It's your IWGP world championship. It is the top belt. The white belt, the wonder stardom championship. I've been told it's equivalent to the IC belt. It is your yep. second belt. Some people say it's equal. For me, I see the IC belt as the, you're taking that one last step before you become red belt champion. Yes, there are people that have jumped that skipped the white belt and went straight to the red belt. That's fine. There are people that have gotten the red belt and then went back to the white belt. That's fine. But I, when I started learning about stardom, I was told that that is your second title. And then there's the tag, the goddesses of stardom championship, which is the, uh, the tag titles. There's the artists of stardom, which is your trios championship. There is the future of stardom, which they've recently, I believe they changed the rules to you have your professional career has to be less than five years Mm. or you have to be under the age of 20, mm. which is why you can have a 17-year-old champion like Hanan, or also someone like Minashirakawa, who's in her 30s, but her pro career is very short.
1: Was that the same thing with Lady C as well? For the, Yes, the, the Lady lot. C is
2: in her yeah. mid-20s, but she's only she only passed her first year as a professional wrestler back in November.
1: Oh, okay. And the high-speed title?
2: High-speed title is it's your cruiserweight title it's all the fast flippy zippy dippy woohoo let's have fun t- belt so azumi's had it of course starlight kids yeah. had it uh, uh koguma's had it and it, it, it that's that's your fast your fast and the furious title as it were
1: but that, i love it opens but, yeah. up shows a lot of the time doesn't it
2: yes because uh, like most like junior heavyweight matches and cruiserweight matches that's the match you want to fire everybody up to get them excited because it is always going to be a high intensity or in this case high speed match
1: it feels like you mentioned with Starlight Kid, when I did a podcast with um, Alan Farrell, Starlight Kid was in there as one of the ones to watch just because of the way she's taken to the heel gimmick. And the fact that she has the high-speed title is kind of, in a sense, like between her and Azumi. I'm like, oh, okay, they look like they're going to be career rivals, like just yes. because they're so similar in age. And I imagine they've trained together all of this time. So yes, it, it, it easily ticks a lot of boxes, even though the Starlight, Kid, Mayu, Itani feud is going to take over for the time being. I mean,
2: Azumi is the forever rival. Mayu is the mountain. Yeah. Mayu is the one that Starlight Kid Good can't shout. beat. And it's it's the same thing with Tam. Mayu is the mountain. Because yeah. Ma- Mayu is the one that she always goes to a draw with. It's very rare that I, I don't think Tam's beat her clean or beat her one, two, three. It's always been a draw or Mayu wins. So, it's, it's one of those things where I think with the evolution of the Black Peach and Momo leaving Oedo Tai, it is possible that Azumi might relieve Starlight Kid of the high-speed championship just for a little bit. Because Queen's Quest, I love them, but they need to win. Yeah. <laughs> they, lo- they, they lost the red belt. I mean, they they have – Saya Kamitani has the white belt right now. She has the Wonder Star Championship. But, you know, Momo said it best. She looked at Tommy and he's like, you don't have the white belt anymore. I mean, the red belt anymore. You're of no interest to me. You're not worth anything to me anymore. You know, value. So, and it's like, you know, Starlight Kid is the one who dragged Momo down into darkness. And has been gloating about it. And still racking up wins and keeping her championship. So, it's one of those things where it might be time for Queen's Quest to get some feet underneath them. And taking the belt off of Starlight Kid might be the way to do it. But it mm. all depends if they have the numbers behind it because that's the problem with Queens Quest. I love Queens Quest, but they are a very small faction. They're only four people. Mm.
3: Which one? And, and Oaito oh,
2: has has double the numbers. So anytime mm. someone from Queens Quest wrestles Oedotai, it's them versus all of Oedotai. Because for 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 them being the the naughty naughty girls of stardom, they all know how to get their moves in and. Get a piece of the pie, regardless of who's going for the who's actually in the match.
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, they're kind of. I know that that was where B Priestley was at. She was in Wade tie She
2: was also in Queen's Quest.
1: She was in Queen's <laughs> Quest as well. It appeared to be for for us that Rev Pro, when certainly the, the start of the pandemic, because Zoe Lucas, um, I'm trying to think of uh, Bobby Tyler, yeah, um, B Priestley, all uh, lots of a lot a lot of the the british women who who had going going over who were wrestling over here they were very much playing up on like um using the music of um queen's quest and Wado tai and you know sort of i think Zo- was zoe lucas in was she in queen's no, quest
2: no lucas was in tokyo cyber squad
1: Ah, well, and then obviously they disbanded after after um, after Hannah's Han passing. Yeah, after Hannah's passing. So they they were playing up on it, and I thought, well, actually, this is good business because the hope would be that Rev Pro would be who have never been, you know, for a long time haven't been great in terms of pushing um, women within the company, but yeah. bringing in stardom wrestlers would have been the hope. Yeah, because the likelihood there would have been a few places for them to go for wrestling for pro wrestling Eve enough places for that to be worth their while coming over. So I think that was always something that we're kind of building to.
2: Yeah. I think it also depends on, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It also depends on once the pandemic is open, if stardom is going to start traveling again, because that, you know, say what you will about ring of honor, ring of honor was the one that consistently brought the stardom girls over. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where now that ring of honor isn't. Currently having active activity. It leaves the door open to make you wonder, will there be another American or, in your case, a British indie that will build mm-hmm. that partnership? I mean, Rev Pro does have the the upper hand purely because of the New Japan connection.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Or will New Japan do what they do with their big stadium shows and consider not – I'm going to say this also. New Japan does not need a women's division. Stardom is stardom. New Japan is New Japan. However, because <laughs> you know that, you know that question is going to come up at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on their bigger shows, they've been giving Stardom showcase matches like at the Dome shows and, you know, at MetLife Dome last summer. Could it be possible that until Stardom can start touring and afford to bring everybody over on their own, mm. will there be a possibility of that cross promotion, sibling promotion work ethic? Or they could say, you know, for example, Mina Shirakawa said that she wanted to expand Cosmic Angels worldwide. So when she was going against Tekla for the SWA championship, she's like, "If I win, I'm taking that belt mm-hmm. to the U.S. I'm going to the U.K. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to start challenging people across the world." Now, if that's what they want to do, you know, they have a support system in place with New Japan because New Japan has the office here in the states and the connection mm-hmm. with Rev Pro. But my hope would be that it would be not new Japan absorbing stardom, but Mm. helping them get their footing until they can do it on their own.
1: I honestly thought, I thought it was very noticeable this year on the dome that it was a featured match and it wasn't a dark match. That was only going to appear on stardom world. This was something. And I thought, actually they need a bit of stardom. They need a bit of juice from a company who is on the way up while they've had a very poor year. And, you know, some of that is, is kind of self imposed, but I think that, it, you know, the the importance of stardom to Bushi Road, especially if you look at those financial figures, which I know in the scheme of things, it's not like WWE money, you know, yeah. posting a billion dollars in profits and all the rest of it. While well, Peacock
2: is, has a negative billion uh, loss there.
1: Yeah, that's, that's strange. Funny I,
2: how that works.
1: Yeah, I, I mm, there's a, there's a lot of odd, odd business stuff on there, um, <laughs> but, but but I think with with stardom, is they do hold a lot more importance to kind of Bushy Road because if you're going to be looking at divisions, as say like somebody overseeing like effectively their their fight divisions, they're going to look at stardom as the one where there's the more potential growth. And I think, like you say, more cross promotion. I mean, I know that there's the uh because of the fiftieth anniversary, they're going to be running a lot of big shows. They're gonna need to sell a few extra extra seats if they're. I, and I think Stardom. Do you think Stardom are going to be appearing a lot more on these cards for the rest of the year? <sighs> Regular thing at the dome, I imagine, is I, that's going to be.
2: I would love to see a continued system that they have right now now in uh, chris charlton mentioned this when it came to the stardom match that was actually on the card card proper Mm. on night two it was due to the broadcast contract with stardom because they were going to be airing that match in prime time later that night which i think is amazing Mm. because golden time prime time for you know those outside of japan like that seven o'clock to nine o'clock hour hours those are those are it that's like that's where the the advertiser money is because a lot of people in japan they don't use Hulu and Netflix and all of those things, they, they watch cable TV. Or if they want to splurge, they have satellite. But So it's mm-hmm. one of those things like you want that broadcasting money. Uh, would I love to see Stardom featured more? Absolutely. Um, but I also... People outside of Japan also have to understand I don't see a merging of the two companies onto a singular platform like Cyberfight. I don't see them mm-hmm. having Road bushi road online with new japan world and stardom world all in one place purely because they have separate broadcast contracts and separate Mm. platforms if they could find a way to make that happen where it's on a singular even like a separate separate television broadcast but a singular streaming platform that everyone can benefit from great whichever it is make it better because both stardom world and new japan world could be better (laughs) yeah um i was gonna
1: I was going to ask the television contract that Stardom have. They are on cable TV, but it's one of the it's one of the it's one of, of the rivals to
2: it's, it's one of the rivals to Asahi Television, and that's why ah, New Japan wow. has a contract with Asahi Television, and I believe Stardom is with Nippon Television or Nitele, which is where the rival. Like, it's like your NBC or for us in the states is NBC ABC CBS. Uh, whatever yeah. you we know, broadcast channels you have in the UK, take your two big like public broadcast, BBC channels, and
1: ITV. Yeah. There you
2: go, and put one on one and one on the other, and then that's that's the problem. You've got it's not just the wrestling companies having those red tape. It's the red tape of the wrestling companies or the broadcast companies, and as well as domestic versus international distribution of yeah. all of that. So that's part of the problem. Is that it's great. I do hope that they feature them more. But I also don't want this whole pairing off where like, oh, well, let's put Donna Del Mundo and LIJ together in like a mixed match challenge. I don't want no, No. because the New Japan fans and Stardom fans, while there is crossover in the fandoms domestically, there's also houses of thought that like them very much separate and Mm -hmm. staying separate. And it's the same thing with you know fans internationally. Yes, would you like one-stop shopping? Great, but you're not going to get it right now. So you have to support both whether you like it or not. And if you want to pick one over the other, that's great. But saying that you know one needs to absorb the other? Uh-uh. No. Different lineages, different histories, different companies, different traditions within the industry.
1: And you've got a beamer somewhere in the middle. So I can hear Zelda, your your <laughs> lovely seven-year-old rescue dog doing, oh, uh, doing a run-in.
2: She's 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 a she's getting very fired up. When I get fired up on a podcast, she starts starts like howling <laughs> and trying to grunt and give her two cents. But yeah, do you
1: do you know if the 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 show that they do have Stardom are on on cable TV, if it, if it does good good rating, if it's doing good viewership, the fact it's still around would suggest that it's doing something right. I
2: believe it's doing well enough because they're also able to put it on their Stardom uh, YouTube channel. Ah. in a digest version for free. So if if you're new to stardom or you're curious about stardom, go to stardom, like look up stardom official and you will find they have, they usually do like a free week, like week long free match, but they also put on their, their stardom broadcast. You can get like the sampler version of it. Like it's, it's not the entire match, but they do trim it down, but you can get a general idea and start learning who's who, what's what, how does everything play in a match? And they do put title matches on there as well. It's kind of like the Roku version of New Japan that gets released yep. in the digest format, but there is occasionally a full match on there. So chase it up. If, you, if you're interested, if you want to learn more about stardom, start with their YouTube channel because they've got heaps of stuff.
1: I, I will certainly have to have a look on there. Um, I've got one more question for you, um, which is where do you see them at the end of this year? Where do you see them at the end of 2022?
2: In a perfect world where the pandemic finally kicks rocks and goes away. I'd like to see them hold an international show somewhere, mm-hmm. whether it's in the UK, whether it's in the U S whether it's in Mexico, I don't care. I would love to see them do something on an international stage of some kind. Um, the thing about stardom is that they've tech tech, tech, sorry, ticked off all the boxes of the big ven- historic venues in Japan mm. on their own. Minus the Tokyo Dome. I don't know if they could do a Stardom Tokyo Dome show. I don't know if they could make Queendom any bigger than it already is. But I would love to see them have a large, large scale event. Especially if they're going to start welcoming welcoming in other companies and or if travel starts to open up and all of those... Those top Gaijin that were released into the into the system that's no longer be Priestley because she's in the WWE Metaverse. <laughs> mm. If they could, yes. get, oh, if they could get back Blair Tony...
1: Davenport over,
2: Bla- in, yes, Lady Blair Davenport. But I mean, if they could get Tony Storm to come back, they could get yeah. Mia Yim to go over. If they could resurrect Kyrie Hojo, mm. they could start drawing the numbers that they need to run a large, large show.
1: I wonder if it's one of the things that if you're like uh, for a lot of women's wrestlers, uh, that getting to stardom, being able to work in that system, that's like the real kind of test. That's like the real test of how, of like, of, of really pushing yourself for how good you could be.
2: I think any any Joji promotion, honestly, because I was looking at, I was looking at cage match and a lot of, women who have worked in stardom and that are that are non-Japanese like foreigners from like you know outside of the japan out of, out of the japan outside of japan <laughs> they they've not only been in stardom some have gone to marvelous some have gone to seedlings some have gone to like m- now very defunct uh promotions that have both company that have both men and women so like sasha banks a couple years back if we all remember when she uh set off to japan and was at Mako satomura's she wasn't in tokyo with meiko satomura homegirl was up in sendai out in the rice fields tumbling around with some of the best in, in the industry that people aren't yeah. that are just starting to learn about and it's one of those things where you know we talked about it earlier with the Mae Young classic S- started nxt gutted stardom not once but twice with mm. the Mae Young classics they WWE hasn't been able to do that with New Japan talent. They were able to get Shinsuke, but after Shinsuke, no, they also they also got Fergal debit. Sorry.
1: Yeah, and AJ, AJ Styles.
2: But but th- but those aren't Japanese talents. Those are foreigners yeah. that were just based in the states or based in Europe that wanted to finally be be home. Or you know, establish a family life, which they couldn't do in Japan, seemingly.
1: For AJ, it was to get the well-deserved payday. Yeah. It was to get and, the big, big kind of money yeah. which
2: he and, and you know, AJ and I are close in age. So you know what? If he's getting ready to retire, I think he's lived a very full and wonderful career. But WWE and AEW haven't been able to no one's been able to, you know, you know, you've had Tanahashi teased on AEW. Mm-hmm at 45 years old do you think AEW or new, or WWE are going to throw a contract to Ta- tanahashi with enough money to make him uproot his family and move to the states absolutely not no, no. not not going to happen they're I not don't they're, 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 they're going to I could with enough money i'm curious to know if they could get sonata
3: because oh, i think I've, I've
2: been waiting on a sonata singles run for about 2 years now And if New Japan is listening, stop being chickens and pull the trigger on Sonata (laughs) and give him a singles belt that isn't the never. Make him U.S. champion. I know he has a match against Tanahashi, and I love Tanahashi. But Tanahashi doesn't need a belt. Fighting Tanahashi is like fighting, insert Chris Jericho, insert Minoru Suzuki. Fighting that person is on par with being a world champion because you're fighting the best in the world.
1: I have to say, as long as it's not evil, because that's who I've... uh, I I ended up um, tweeting um, Akbari uh, about it, the the New Japan president. I was like, mate, come on. Now we need to end this. Like, this is getting beyond (sighs) the joke for that. Um,
2: I feel like, to his credit, evil has done the best he can with (sighs) what he was given during a pandemic. I, I know that that may be very unpopular opinion, but I also may be biased Aye. because when LA, when he was in LIJ, Evil was one of my favorites. So, and like, I will go to bat for Evil purely because I think, he, by and large, he's doing what the company is asking him to do because they can't get Tomatonga or Jay White or Moxley or all the all the foreigners that would have been in that role
1: they're all in impact now jay white versus eric young on a they, on a they, they all live
2: in florida they're all like semi-retired it's
1: <laughs> They must be down the road from you would I imagine or, uh, or... <laughs>
2: some of them are in orlando i know i know i know a couple of them pass through the orlando international airport but but it's one of those things where it's just like again it goes back to quality of life and vers- mm-hmm. being human beings versus being a caged animal mm-hmm. while they've they've decreased the quarantine restrictions from 14 days to seven days it's still seven days on the front end of a trip if you get covid while you're over there and you're trying to leave you get stuck there until you're cleared up and safe to travel so it's the making money is great but if you can make comparable money and be home and safe and in your same bed on the same night or the next night without for those who don't know to get from florida to japan it's 15 hours of flight time Not including going through security, changing planes, waiting on luggage, going through immigration, going through temperature checks. Bare minimum, that's 15 hours of flight time. And minimum two planes. And that's if you're lucky. So it's one of those things where it's... I can understand the reasoning behind the extended United States of J uh, challenge that's going on. I can Mm. understand, you know, the necessity... And, you know, Impact and New Japan working together, I'm not mad at it because in the last year and a half, Impact has really picked up. It's been really great.
1: Doing some of the best ratings now it's done since they brought in Kenny Omega. I also wonder if part of that's the Ring of Honor stuff as well, which is they've now got Kenny King, who had always, who's always been a, um, a, a someone I've always enjoyed watching and I always think has never gotten nearly enough praise for that. I've argued with Benno on, on the show we've recorded about that a few times. <laughs>
2: poor, poor Ian Riccoboni is like, he he's like the, oh. uh, the, the class leader that gets stuck with, with babysitting all the kids that are trying to, like, ruin the school field trip, so like between the like Matt Taven and Vincent and the uh, the Canelleses, like like uh, the, all their bad behavior that's going on. Poor Ian is standing there, and he's just like he's the one that's stuck apologizing for the for the betterment of the group.
1: Yeah,
2: as like the sacrificial well, lamb.
1: Although PCO in there is just a weird fit. Like, I can, I can almost go along with some of the others, but I think P- PCO... In, well, in and PCO's
2: it, not human. He can do whatever yeah, he wants.
1: <laughs> good, good old Frankenstein. It, if I go through some sort of, like, I suppose, if I went through some some of the the, the names of of, uh, of the current roster, and where do you see them at the end of this year? Do you see them in, in championship belts? Just to kind of, I suppose, add a little twist on to kind of where you see people at the okay. end of 2022. Let's go. Shuri
2: i'm hoping that shuri has the belt at least till the five-star grand prix so either the start of the five-star grand prix or she finishes the five-star grand prix and then loses it would i love it to be a full year yes but you know what i just don't want her losing it to julia because i feel like that's going to be the next move but mm. i want her to have a comparable run with the red belt that utami had so at least she- minimum half a year
1: who is she up against next Uh, Mirai in the first title. uh,
2: Well, Mayui Watani and Julia wrestled to a 30-minute draw. So on March 26th, she's fighting Julia for the Red Belt. Which is why I'm concerned about this whole prominence coming in and this new blood thing going on and, you know, where Julia's alliances are because, you know, she brought in Tekla and Mm Mirai while being Goddesses of Stardom Tag Champion with Shuri but being on the shelf with an injury. So what did Donna Del Mundo know that it was Julia the entire time? Did Julia go into business for Julia? We don't know.
1: It feels like that's the route. That's the route. They're going to go down, doesn't it? That's yeah. my. So
2: my... my, my hope is that Shuri, even if it's a draw, as long as Shuri keeps the belt away from Julia for a while, I want Julia to chase the belt. Cause Julia, when she yeah. came in, she didn't do a lot of chasing. That white belt was thrown on her very quickly.
1: Mm. Yeah, she was. Very, it always felt the moment she came in, and soon she sort of entered into to my consciousness. It was like, right, she is one of the top line acts in Stardom. And she jumped the queue, jumping straight over to her. Then, do you see her perhaps at the at the year end event? do you See, uh, which I imagine will probably be in a Ryogoku or the like. Do you think? Do you
2: see the tongue twister that nobody can say? And you know, in all fairness, I'm not even
1: going to attempt to. Yeah. It, it,
2: yeah, it's there's a lot of g's and k's in it, and it's very difficult to say as a non native speaker. So, see, it's it, seeing native speakers trip over it is very oh. reassuring to me as someone who has to try to translate that. So, at Ryogoku yeah. Sumo Hall, do I see Shuri as the champion or Julia? I could see Julia walking out of Rio goku if if, if if it was queendom in december i could see her walking mm-hmm. out as red champion i could see her mm, possibly by the five star because mm-hmm. that would get gi- that would give that because that would be september if they if they schedule it around the same time but again i want i want Sherry to have at least half a year with the red belt and, yeah. and, and get a lot of solid matches in between
1: it's that credibility, isn't it, of having a six plus six month plus reign.
2: I don't like transition champions. I really don't. It's it's no. a really it's a big pet peeve of mine.
1: Not every not every reign needs to be a year, but they yeah. need to be good. I mean, I always think, I think this way about Adam Page. As like, you kind of can't take the the title of Hangman Page in AEW at this point in time. You need to leave it on there <laughs> for at least six months. I don't think they will.
2: See, for me, when back when AEW got started. At, Adam page was my favorite wrestler. Like when he was in new Japan, he was my favorite member of the elite and all that. And I was actually in Jacksonville when they launched AEW. I was there on launch day. If you look at, if you look at, I think it was Pro wrestling illustrated. One of the wrestling magazines actually has a picture of Chris Jericho with like, with the fans. I'm he's literally standing on my foot in that picture. Like I am right behind Chris Jericho in that picture at the press conference.
1: that's when he came out. He gave the announcement, and Pat Pat was there in his, was in his there in full gear, him. like oh, like yeah. you.
2: Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, it was like I when Adam Page said, "This is the happiest first day of work I've had in my entire life." And I was like, "This is my man. This is my champion. Let's go, let's mm. go." And then they went and proceeded to put the belt on everybody but him. Now I understand again long term booking. I get it, but by summer the following year or actually no fault the same year summer 2019 by fight for the fallen i was done waiting like i gave up on aew by then i was like i can't i my my emotional investment got crushed time after time after time after time but i was like you know what when it, he finally came back and he fought kenny omega and he lost again i was like oh well, then well, i'll try again next year so when full gear came around or was it full gear when it when it, the, the one yes, where he was when he came around it was like all right I'm ready. I am ready for the cowboy. You know what? Let's go. Am I watching AW regularly again? No. But you know what? Hangman Page did the thing. He deserves, after two y- over two years and multiple people going ahead of him in line, he is another one that deserves a long reign with the belt.
1: And he's there. He's always, he always feels like he's the guy that they wanted to build themselves. My only fear is, is that he's not been on TV every week and he's not been the featured kind of person. And next week he's having and a, he's Texas a world def-
2: champion. See, that, that's the thing, yeah, but...
1: that's like my what, fear.
2: That was my problem with with the whole uh, Takagi Shingo as champion while Osprey mm. saying he's the real champion. And Okada's like, I don't want a briefcase, I want the version four belt. And it's like you just automatically put your actual world champion in third place Mm. behind someone who had to relinquish the belt or didn't relinquish the belt, had it stripped from him because he was injured to go defend it when he was finally well again but couldn't do the G1 to fight young lions. And then Okada's like being Okada because we love Okada. Okada gets everything. Just no briefcase, no problem. We'll just give you the old belt that, you know, you didn't want to go away in the first place. If they were nice. going to give Okada that belt, they should have brought back the Intercontinental Championship. That is don't. a gorgeous belt, and I miss it. I love it. Bring it back.
1: I miss the division. Honestly to God, it's one of the things about New Japan that I think is one of the biggest mistakes was them merging the double titles. I I I, I watch MMA. They don't do that. If you're a double champion, it means you have to fight at two weight divisions. Yeah. So I kind of think the idea should be you should be having two title matches a month at yeah. the very least well, one I mean, of each and that should wear you down so when you do lose you can play into it in terms of yeah. credibility but merging them together putting the never up there it's
2: uh see the thing is, is that when they did that and they started elevating the never and you had that match with tanahashi and Shingo, and you had other matches when shingle was the never openweight champion mm. the belt i mean yes tanahashi elevated it too but there was something special about it and you kind of felt you were getting there mm. but then you know no discredit to J-White. they put it on JY, but then J-White got stuck here and wasn't fighting the same people. Again, it's it's a, it's, a, it's the level of who's who. The champion it, it should be the champion makes the championship, not the championship makes the champion.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it should be like that. Um, moving on, M- Maya Iwatani.
2: I mean, Maya doesn't really. She's had, I believe, other than the high-speed championship, or even the high-speed, I think she's had everything. So it's like, Mayu's like Okada. You can't really, you can put a belt on her if you have to, but Mayu can be the transitional champion. She can be your Tanahashi, who has it one month and then loses it the next month. That's fine. But it's one of those things where it's just like, Mayu is like Okada or Tanahashi. She's a safe bet. Yeah. Mint somebody could... new. Make me care about somebody else besides her. And the other handful of top top, your 1As, your 1Bs, your 1Cs.
1: And I suppose going easy on to the next, but is the main feud for her going to end up being starlight kid for perhaps a sort of part of the year as well. And talking about starlight kid her- herself and where she's going to be.
2: Uh, starlight kid. I think she's going to have the white belt by the end of the year. That's probably my, that's probably my hottest take. Yeah. But I think she'll either defeat Mayu in the five-star or she'll defeat Mayu for the white belt.
1: mm. That would be – it's something you get the feeling with her because you look at her and think, here is someone as a heel who works brilliantly as a heel. Like, I wouldn't have – like, the first few times I saw Starlight Kid, I have to say, I kind of – I kind of thought, fine, it, you sort of younger trainee, someone they're high on, I will hear of this person in a couple of years' time. Then they turn heel and you go, hang on a minute, they're really embracing this and it working. I love the the mask collecting. Oh, my gosh. I, that's one of my – oh,
2: one of my favorite things about her just like walking with the, the heads of her yeah. fallen opponents it's it, it that visual in the dome i was like yes let's keep that please that's great
1: it's good and, and you look at the way that she comes out and, and kind of carries herself there is like a real stature and maturity there you think here is someone who feels like they know how to get the kind of beats of the crowd as well and it's we like- mentioned doing a clap crowd era she kind of yeah. gets that and gets those gets those reactions
2: and even though she turned heel, the, the diehard Starlight fans, mm-hmm. they backed they backed that choice. So it was like for 2021 was a hard year for me because Starlight Kid, Jake Lee, and Show all turned heel, and those are all favorites mm-hmm. of mine. And then <laughs> you know over Noah, Kayo uh all of a sudden dropped all the blonde and like sparkly stuff, and is like has like angsty black hair, and is like being angry all the time. So it's like 2021 was a hard year for me because all of my faves are either going heel or teasing heel, or I don't know where <laughs> they're going. or going through a
1: goth phase
2: going through or going through a goth phase i mean jake lee did in in all japan and then won their Mm. champions carnival which is absolutely amazing i hope he gets well soon because i miss i miss seeing him in all japan Mm. but like i think show was the hardest change for me because he's doing better and he's finally getting a hold of the character but starlight kid is absolutely undeniably flourished but again, it it comes back to when Natsuko finally comes back, is Starlight Kid going to be okay taking a back seat and going to the back of the line where she's supposed to be, or is there going to be a splintering in a wado tie at some point?
1: Yeah, I was going to might as well um, ask you about Natsuko then. At this stage, where, where where do you see where do you see her? Where do you see Waito tie as a faction?
2: If I hope the Oedo-Tai stands don't come for me for this one. If they don't <laughs> dissolve Oedo-Tai by the end of the year, if they want to keep the traditional Oedo-Tai, Natsuko will still be in charge mm-hmm. because Kagetsu was the one who you know, made her leader when Kagetsu retired and left the company. If they want to make it interesting, Starlight Kid gets one of the higher-up belts and kicks Natsuko to the curb, and then Natsuko has to scramble to either repair some bur- burnt bridges, especially with, I believe it was, she used to be in Queen's Quest. Because check. Queen, cause, cause, cause Queen's Quest, like Stars, they've lost key players to Uedotai, but neither faction, has, and, and T- Tokyo Cyber Squad got dissolved by them because they took Konami and that all happened. But no one's been able to poach someone from Oedo Tai and turned them face. Because Saki Kashima okay. turned on Mayu, went to Oedotai. Fukigen was in Tokyo Cyber Squad and they got absorbed by stars and then got lost in a bit, went to Oedo Tai. Starlight Kid went to Oedotai. Konami turned on Jungle Kyona, went to Oedotai. B Priestley turned on Queen's Quest, went to Oedo tai. Like People are turning heel and going to Oedotai, but nobody's choosing to leave Oedotai. To either be a tweener or to turn face. So it all depends on who they could turn face in Type, but the options are very limited.
1: Because mm. of you going on to someone else in Momo Watanabe.
2: Oh, she she's starting to get a hold of who she is as a character, as mm. the Black Peach. And for those who are longtime Momo fans, as I've learned, they've been waiting for this turn for a very long time. Like, this is kind of like a Jay White, like, long-term waiting for it to happen. Mm. I mean, evil being named evil was an inevitability. Show turning heel when people thought it was going to be yo. I thought it was going to be yo, but that's a different story.
3: Mm.
2: I think maybe this year will be the year that Momo gets a hold of who she is as the Black Peach, but I could also see her getting the red belt by the end of the year. Mm
1: saya Kamatani.
2: if saya doesn't blow who the secret mystery guest of rossi is before that mystery guest makes their appearance i'm thinking <laughs> she'll she'll have a good run with the white belt but she'll probably lose it by the it, whoever wins the cinderella tournament will probably take the belt off
1: of her it's ami shishita
2: it was interesting because on the uh, they have a variety a monthly program called Kirameku Marugoto Stardom, which is like a variety TV show that they do. And on the episode that Utami was on, they had a uh, a fortune teller, and th- who like looked at their birth date charts and everything and like ranked like on a scale of who's gonna have the best year and who's gonna have the worst year. And Utami at the time was champion, and was told that 2022 is not gonna be her year. So Utami was like, so basically I can I can sit back, I can drink, and I can take it easy. And they're like, yes, but you also have to take care of your health and not drink too much. So I think <laughs> Utami is going to have a year of good matches. But I think she could go for the white belt at some point. But I think this might be after a year of carrying the company as their head champion. She This is her gap year where she gets to just have fun.
1: She's and earned that gap year. Yes, she's earned age. that
2: gap year. And I could see if Azumi doesn't assume leadership as the leader of Queen's Quest after the year that Utami had being the red belt champion and in Queen's Quest, I could see her moving to the forefront.
1: Yeah, it's 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 an interesting – because I mean, I think of her she's a prodigy. Like yes. a genuine wrestling prodigy. Absolutely. Like you 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 see this and you see the amount of years and then I mean you'll have I'm um, so much more of a better idea having gone to so many NXT events mm-hmm. as well about how difficult it is. I mean the adage about ten thousand hours if, appears. If there to was someone in the crosshairs
2: or... for NXT, mm-hmm. I could see or for WWE, I could see Utami easily being on that short list. Yeah. Just but just, I but I also don't see her leaving Japan. No. Nah
1: no i I did read something that she's like she was in a reality show because she's like one of twelve children yes or something along those lines her
2: her her, fa- her father um has married and remarried several times so it's a very large blended family Wow the, That's... O- over the new year stardom did a 12 hour programming on on YouTube their new year special and there's a vi- one of the one of the the programming because the the videos are all still on there. But one of the videos is Utami goes to her dad's restaurant, and they have a father daughter moment where they sit down and they talk about you know not just her being champion and her in wrestling, but they talk about the family dynamic, and it's fascinating.
1: Oh wow! There's no subtitles though, is there? I
2: don't think there is. But you know, you you and I, we off air, we can we can have a little powwow on it, and I'll see if I can do a little translation for you.
1: I would. I very much appreciate if you Tam Nakano.
2: I think Tam. Will start her journey for the red belt this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she'll get it. Um, I could, I believe she has not won the five star or the Cinderella tournament, so she might win one of those and move on to challenge for the red belt. I don't see her going after Kamatani for the white belt again after she just had it, um, mm. and she recently had it. So I think Tam's another one that's going to get a bit of a maybe half a year gap. Or have an outstanding five star and then try to go for it by then.
1: And the thing is, normally, if somebody heard that, they might think that's a negative. But to be honest, they need to do that in order to keep that that top end of the card that freshness. I mean, we tend to speak speaking like earlier on about one A, one B, one C, and how it doesn't kind of apply to stardom. You're talking any one of six or seven realistically here that you can chip in there, which won't have any any negative effect, I'd imagine, on sales. Like, yeah, I, and, I, don't, and, I don't think it would affect what the fan base thinks
2: Yeah and the other thing is that Stardom is compared to New Japan Stardom tends to give More people Different spotlights
3: mm. I
2: feel like sometimes New Japan backs themselves into a corner Especially when they do double champion situations Like especially when like there's a tag champion that's also a singles champion. Like I I, don't get me wrong, I love my New Japan juniors, but if I see another person have the tag champion and also be a singles champion at the same time, I'm going to scream. Yeah, because certain people they don't need it again. You know, Desperado he's doing great. He can take a break. Robbie Eagles take a break. Let him go home and be with his beautiful wife in Australia for a while.
1: (laughs) I think Despy should be a heavyweight, personally.
2: I think Hiromu should be a heavyweight, but no,
3: oh,
1: no or, yeah.
2: or, or, or here's an idea. Put them in the never open weight picture. Mm. It's open weight. Let some of the juniors fight for that belt and not just fight for it. Carry it. They had the yeah. chance with show last year when he was fighting Shingo and they didn't do it. And I'm still mad about it.
3: Oh, Desperado
2: it's... could be an open weight and never singles singles here. Desperado Hiromu show. Cause shows beefing up again. There are so many. If they're not going to put the junior ch- championship on some of these guys, let them fight in the NEVER division for a little bit. Yeah, let it breathe.
1: Although one of the things that the NEVER division needs is an intercontinental title, because then it would allow the NEVER title to be kind of what it was originally intended for, and it would feel much more of a. Because I, I, the idea of NEVER title matches being these half-hour kind of New Japan epics, I always thought that never really was the NEVER title. Yeah. NEVER title was that. 15 minutes of kind of like sheer brutality where yeah. really anything could happen 15 and it was minutes the most... of murder is exactly what it yeah. is and it was the most unpredictable title it was the one like you kind of watched it and went i know what i'm getting from this like i, I know a lot of people who wouldn't be mad about hiroki goto i was like nah you put him in that never title uh, that never title picture he's, he's awesome
2: for that. as someone who is the same age as hiroki goto knowing that he can go the way he can go y'all mm. can just calm down Hey. goto gives me hope that I still have a chance to be able to go at life.
1: So oh he's doing it like you know, when you see uh him and Yoshi Hashi, I'm kind of I happy that I love them so do
2: you much. You know what?
1: It's worked. It, it as I look at that and go, here's an example of using two wrestlers, you're not doing anything with as a singles, you put them together as a tag team. Thank you. It's not rocket science. I love that stuff. Especially you know?
2: when they start to not only just work together, but they're able to start developing a tag mm. team persona. Yes. You know what? Yeah. I didn't like Dangerous Techers at first. I thought Zack Sabre Jr. should have the world and be a singles ch- wrestler. But the way that him and Taichi made lemonade out of a lemon situation for as oh, yeah. long as they did. And now they're, they're like, you know what? We'll take a break. We'll do our singles thing. And it's fine. I love that kind of stuff. But it's like right now, the U.S. championship. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing Tanahashi come to the United States and, you know, sh- shill that belt. But that belt should be on New Japan Strong, you know, the one that's based in America. If you're not going to send your U.S. champion to the U.S. to work mm. the shows in the U.S., why do you have it?
1: And New, I don't know if you get access, but New I Japan do. Strong should be the should be the show that's on access. Oh, I think yes. I love New Japan Strong but it makes sense for that as well. And you mentioned it ties in so much with access in terms of the, the new Japan stars who are on there anyway. And
2: they're also on I- impact. So there's a crossover yeah. it, 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 and lately on the impact show this past week, they talked about new Japan, like right after right. Stay, stay tuned. Cause right after we go off the air, new Japan, uh, new Japan starting. And I'm just like, yeah. it's like, it's right there. And like, don't get me wrong. Tom Lawler, outstanding.
1: Love Tom Lawler.
2: As the open weight champion. But again, yeah. You have a United States Championship. Yeah. Why is it not on your United States programming? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm holding out hope beyond hope that when I go to Tampa in March for for Strong Style Evolved, that Tanahashi will still be champion and that they send him. But it's also during the New Japan Cup, so I'm very resigned to the fact that the U.S. Championship will not be on oh, a U.S. show.
1: Which is why they made it. Which is why they had that great two day tournament, and and uh, they had Ishi versus Kenny Omega. Oh, yep. Oh, um.
2: I'm also going and... to Chicago in April, so there, there that ah. New Japan riot. Yes,
1: yeah, going to say is it Windy <gasps> City riot? Is that what, Windy is that City what
2: riot? Yep. I got third row on the ramp with my my friend from New York who I haven't seen in a very long time. So. I'll be there. You might be seeing me fangirl after everybody that goes on the aisle. If you see me, be like, hey, there's our girl Karen making a fool out of herself. And I'm like, I love wrestling. Life is gotta, great.
1: You gotta do it. Honestly. If, well, if nothing's going about the If pandemic, I can't go to
2: the UK and go to some shows over there for crying out loud, I'm gonna at least bare minimum
1: oh, go, absolutely. go
2: to Chicago. And I haven't been in a very long time, so
1: have a have a few quick ones here for you. Yeah, let's go. Unagi sayaka. <sighs>
2: See, for me, Unagi Sayaka is complicated because I always feel like she's just constantly trying to jump the queue to get all the singles matches. I feel like I think she might win the Cinderella tournament this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they'll put a a singles championship on her again. I could see her and Shirakawa getting the goddesses championship. I don't know if they'll do it this time around against uh, Hazuki and Koguma, but I Mm -hmm. could see minimum maybe getting a, a maybe not a singles championship i don't see her being one to go after the high speed but i could see them as a, i could see unagi as at least either winning one of the i don't think you see her winning the five star probably the cinder if she's gonna win a tournament it's gonna be the cinderella and if she's gonna get a belt it's gonna be the tag championship
1: mm. you mentioned the tag tag belt suppose you mentioned uh, the um the goddess of stardom champions uh kaguma and hazuki
2: again I want like like my thing about championships is I like it when champions are able to have an established champion like championship run. And the Mm -hmm. thing about Hazuki when she came back from retirement after the way she departed the company in 2019, it was a very big deal. They made a big deal about her return. They made a big deal about Koguma being her reunion of destiny because they joined the dojo at the same time. Koguma left the company, but when uh, came back, uh, when they had the uh, Cinderella All Star Tournament, she or uh, All Star Show she came back so they're making hazuki and koguma a big deal they're making a big deal about them being mm-hmm. back especially because koguma's retirement she was gone for like almost six years so i feel like now that stars has an established tag team they have matching gear i'm a big fan of matching gear if you have matching yeah. gear, if you're in a tag team or a trio even if you're in a faction get matching gear my hime poi with their matching like little like cargo pants or whatever they got going on and They're towel swinging yes more matching gear especially if you're if you are a champion if you have a championship with somebody else get matching gear
1: oh yeah it's just green and white they've got it green works white
2: and, green white and navy blue they have their same their yeah. original designs but they're the, because the color the color palette is so consistent and the pattern like if it's a pattern fabric and it matches beautiful I love it
1: <laughs> um Micah and Himika <sighs> Or are they going to be t- kind of caught up in the Donna Del Mundo possible dis? I
2: feel that they're going to get caught up, but if push comes to shove, I feel like they're going to side with Shuri mm-hmm. over Julia, just because again it goes into they also have to look at what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, Julia brought in a new, basically a new, a ready-made tag team. Of people that she used to work with, so you're bringing your your old work wives in to meet your new work wives, and that doesn't always work out very well.
1: Dangerous. So game.
2: very very dangerous game. So if of the two, I could, uh, hmm, hmm, because both of them went to a final. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Mike uh, went to the final of the Cinderella tournament. And then two years ago, mm. and sorry. Ago, did-
1: just to explain, the Cinderella tournament is the tournament that's building up for the white belt. Is that right?
2: It's, it's, the, it's a one-day single elimination tournament that's yeah. held around the spring, usually May or June. Um, yeah. It's all done in one day. So if you advance to the next round, you're fighting, you're wrest- you can possibly wrestle three times in the same day. So the matches right. are fast, furious, and very, very passionate. But the, the, the goal mm. is if you win, aside from getting a beautiful tiara and a, gold, a glass slipper trophy and a beautiful dress to wear, you get a wish granted. So you look like Cinderella. Yeah. So typically you you can choose which belt you want to challenge for. For some people, they prefer to choose the white belt over the red belt. I don't know why. Personal preference maybe. Or it's the, they see the Cinderella tournament as a stepping stone to the white belt, which is a stepping stone to the red belt. Yeah. Usually if it, if it and it's like, you know, people associate the Cinderella tournament with the white belt and the five star with the red belt that tends to be kind of like the new japan cup and the G1 yeah that's the kind of like, but of course like in new japan they let's like, say like no if you're not going for number 1 you're going you're what are you doing Winning the whole thing anyway
1: that's yeah so
2: Micah, Himeka, i could see them one of them finally winning one of the tournaments
1: okay and
2: possibly up- if there's a, if there's a dm splinter it's possibly them siding with shuri
1: okay that's a um who are the other couple of people i was going to ask you about um oh well going to the other end of that it would be um thecla and mirai i mean but there's that pretty much the same answer that they'll be siding with julia
2: i think with- they'll yeah if, if julia well apparently when they were in ice Ripping, like thecla i don't know if it's thecla or tecla I'll have to ask someone, because I, I've, I've seen it spelled T-H-E-K, but I've mm. uh, when it's in Japanese, it's T-E-K. So it's... it's it, I don't know if the, the H is pronu- pronounced or not. And if I'm saying... She's off screen, isn't she? Yes. So mm. if it's Tekla or Thekla, if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. I could see Tekla either getting the goddesses with Julia
3: mm-hmm.
2: or getting the high-speed championship. Mirai, I could see her challenge. Well, she's challenged for the red belt. I could see her challenge for the white belt. I could also see like I they keep teasing this whole UWF rules thing, especially after Konami and Shuri Shuri did it. And then, you know, Saki also did it when Konami was ill. I would love to see Mirai challenge for the red belt again against Shuri, but under UWF rules.
1: Yeah. I wonder if they Yeah. I mean, I could see shuri definitely wanting to i do mean that, shuri then, would probably her destroy
2: edge. her but apparently when she was in her previous promotion she mariah also did some uwf rule stuff and she was really really mm. good at it so i'd be curious to see more of that
1: and i suppose it's the i mean there's this we could go through the whole ross but i didn't want to mention mina shirakawa
2: i, Simply love-, b- I love her she's so great um, she appears
1: to be like she's going to be a face because of the, uh, certainly on the English commentary, because she was on there before. And, you know, if, if that's said to me, okay, they're going to have her as a bit being a bit more prominent. She very much fits in with the kind of the, the idol culture, as you m- mentioned earlier on. She feel, feels like to me the most kind of obvious type, frankly, to kind of push that she, she ticks a lot of the boxes of, of what they would want.
2: The one the one negative, which I don't think it's negative, but if people are going to buy what Bushi's roads tendencies seem to be lately, Mina's over 30. So mm-hmm. it could either go one of two ways. I would be curious to see her win the white belt this year. Um, mm-hmm. because I don't because one of the things that Tam said to Kamatani was that when you're in an idol group, you know that in every idol group, there's only one person that can stand in the middle of it. So I would be curious to see how Tam deals with somebody else in Cosmic Angels having a singles championship, that is not
3: mm-hmm.
2: her. Um, like we mentioned earlier when Shirakawa said that she wanted to take, what, take the SWA championship and travel abroad and you know defend it abroad. That was the first time in recent memory that I have that anyone from Stardom made any kind of comment suggesting that they could potentially go abroad on some kind of international excursion. So I would love to see Shirakawa do it as champion. Like if she if, if Shirakawa can get eventually relieve Tekla of the SWA and actually fulfill that, that would be amazing.
1: Which is the role of the SWA, belt, isn't yes, it? Yes,
2: the the ideology behind it is that you can't have two people of the same nationality carry the championship. So mm. that's why they were able to put it on Shuri because Shuri's like, Well, I'll just use my Filipina heritage, so I'll fight it under that banner.
1: And she had I a little mean, Filipino um, flag on the belt, didn't she? Yes. Well, I think. Yeah.
2: And the other thing is that you know, if you're talking about a championship for Julia, Julia could also go over after that championship because she's half Italian. So, mm-hmm. but the thing is that if Tekla is currently the champion, I don't see Julia trying to challenge for the belt right now. But yeah. That was also the problem about you know the matchup between Shirakawa and Tekla. Shirakawa has the ideology and the, the you know the goodwill and the like. That's why I wanted her to win it. But her opponent pool is limited to like three people, which would be Tekla, Julia, and, and Shuri. So it's one of those things. And Shuri had just vacated it because she's like, yeah. I have I have an o- abundance of belts. I'm tired. <laughs> Let me Where, pick one.
1: Whereas it fits perfectly. If you put that SWA belt on someone who's able to go and tour at
2: yeah. some
1: point, you can then defend it. against like
2: and that was a i believe b Priestley's had that belt as well and so has tony storm because at the time certain arcs in their own career they were the only foreigner that was regularly in the promotion Mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where if stardom is willing to say like be have a show where they don't have the swa championship on it because the quarantine's Mm -hmm. still in place they could theoretically i don't know how tecla's uh uh visa would work with going in and out of japan to the united states or to the uk yeah but, say, for example, if Shira Kalra were a to get it, she could come and, you know, I don't know, go to Impact or go to Shimmer or go to Pro mm. Wrestling Eve or go to Rev Pro.
1: The issue that Tekla would have at the moment is being Austrian and we've left the EU. Um, that, that not my means- choice, but that is a thing that for uh, a lot oh, of European rexin. wrestlers is a problem. Don't. Still a thing here. I'm Still- sure. Oh, don't. <laughs> It's very depressing. We've had uh, our, uh, our, uh, our natural life.
2: and we discussed off air? I'm from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I I am from the state that cannot make any ex- excuses or take a dig at anyone else because literally every week there is an article about Florida man or Florida woman does XYZ. Mm. So I am in no seat of judgment.
1: <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of our Marco Rubio equivalent is at the moment. Oh, at the don't. minute we, at the minute we have a did, prime did minister ha- who like 16 did... parties. So oh, but, that, but he didn't like at. you
2: know escort his wife and children on an international travel while his state had no energy and no electricity. People were freezing Get during COVID, drink. and he's like, "Oh, I just want to make sure they got there safe. They're grown women. You're not sending yeah. un- unaccompanied minors on, on an international vacation anyway. We know what you were doing, you jerk."
1: I think the Tories would try that if you give them half a chance, to be uh, honest with yeah. you. Well, he's fingers crossed for that. But thank you, Karen. You're welcome. We've, we have gone into that is a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. You're welcome, you're welcome. I've had time. an
2: amazing time, and I'm sorry that we went so long.
1: No, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I, I think we've we've managed to go into pretty much all things stardom. Managed to fit in a bit of New Japan as well, even a cheeky little bit of Noah. And I do um, love
2: a cheeky bit of Noah. <laughs> well, I was going to say
1: Cong- Congo for me, a kind of like they're they're the faction that have taken to me. I've been yeah. looking at a, a well, there, there's Congo tracksuits out there. I've got a Congo T-shirt. I
2: know. I I, I, I Congo filled the void that Shiozaki hmm. left when he got injured, and then it was genuine yes. right before New Year's Eve. It was, hey Siri, play my boyfriend's back when she when he came back to ruin uh <laughs> nakajima and keno's moment so yeah no i love me some noah
1: and certainly love to have you you on again i would love to come back that would be that would be absolutely brilliant but thank you so much and where where can the listeners find more more of you and more of your work
2: if you want to find me you can head over to postwrestling.com and look up karen peterson very very basic spelling k-a-r-e-n-p-e-t-e-r-s-o-n or you can go over to YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Hey Karen Sensei, and you'll find me tweeting both in English and Japanese. You'll find a picture of me and my dog. Very easy to follow. So I hope you'll come along on my 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 learning excursion with Joshi wrestling stardom and wrestling in general.
1: And hopefully Zelda's getting in on some of this Joshi uh, Joshi oh, yeah. training as well.
2: She, she 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 loves to to you know lick everybody into submission. So like she is right now, she's like, mom, she's not As she's, mom, as she's jumping
1: on there right now and she's straight up, straight after her mom. God it's, bless it, her.
2: It, it's it's her run in time. She's like, <laughs> hey, lady, dinner. Let's do dinner.
1: Well, thank you so much, Karen. Karen, it's oh. been an absolute pleasure. and a Thank delight. you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone. Bye.
3: Bye.
0: It's all too obvious. We're being let down by the institutions we used to trust. American families are talking about a future of food shortages, banks failing, society breaking down, and what seems like the setup for the apocalypse. But instead of throwing up their hands, folks are leaning into self-reliance, investing in emergency food storage now more than ever. And My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, has made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind knowing you're prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their best-selling three-month emergency food kit. You get tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200 plus get free shipping on three-month emergency food kits at MyPatriotSupply.com. It's time to prepare for what we all know is coming. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com